Hello again, everybody. It's Jason Powers. So I'm going to do a live uh, urine review podcast. Hopefully uh, we can uh, discuss the years. Actually, the last 22 months in review, I, I got a list of topics I want to try to hit on. But there will be some some audio captures, some uh, more relevant information that just came out recently. And we'll do a little discussion of each one of these topics. Because I think that's where we're at when you come to the end of a year. You should review that and then there'll be a preview of what we're going to do uh, next year, uh, at least personally. Um, because I think uh, we're at that point. I have uh, been thinking along along that line for a little while in terms of what I think is uh, necessary for myself. Um, you know, that's an important part of me to do that. You think of me. Indicative of what you know everybody should have been doing for a long time, but of course we've had these uh, top top-down authoritarians, and um, we'll just—I don't have the clip queued up or anything, and I'm not going to. But of course, Joe Biden recently just said, "Hey, we're no longer going to have the." Uh, we're not, not going to work on this at a federal level. We're going to let the states take care of this, which, of course, was always being done to begin with. Uh, the states had no problem handling uh, their own responses to this uh, pandemic, this uh, psychological operation using uh, medical tyranny of uh, a flu virus that uh, happened to be circulating and hit uh, around the world. And of course, when you do bad things for so many people, you have this situation going on. So, uh, we'll go into some discussion of this um, as the opening music is uh, closing out. Um, so, actually, we're going to start with a couple clips. Uh, uh, in particular, I found this one. Uh, actually, Matt Taibbi and uh, his uh, guy had recently uh, posted this. So, I'm going to play it in... Uh, uh, We'll uh, go from there. We can't confirm that the patient died from COVID, but we can say that he was Omicron positive at the time of his death. So he died with COVID, but you can't say that he died from COVID. Correct. Texas confirmed the first death from Omicron here in the U.S. Whoops. The U.S. has now confirmed its first death from Omicron. Death as COVID surges are surging. Our first Omicron-related death. The nation now with its first known death from Omicron. First confirmed death from the Omicron variant. The U.S. has also now confirmed its first known death from the Omicron variant. It's the first known death from Omicron. The first person confirmed to have died of Omicron in the U.S. We've just confirmed the first death in the United States due to the Omicron variant. Death now from the Omicron variant. First death due to the Omicron variant. Death from the Omicron variant variant in the U.S. The U.S. suffered its first death from the new strain. It is very possible there have been other deaths. The first death from the Omicron variant. The U.S. has reported its first death, death linked to the Omicron variant. We're going to see certainly hospitalizations and deaths. The one thing that we are seeing is that, if anything, it does not appear to be more severe. It might, in fact, be less severe, but we're holding off on that till we see how it does in our own country. So, I mean, 
You haven't That's, seen the worst of Omicron. <laughs> You're absolutely correct. Hospitals are now bracing for an ominous outbreak of Omicron. Here's Omicron. The country appears to be slipping into a COVID vice tonight. The aggressive Delta variant squeezing us from one side, the more contagious Omicron strain multiplying on the other. Omicron spreading at breakneck speed. It really feels like our holiday events may be hanging in the balance. A man in Texas is the first known death in the United States due to the Omicron variant. First known U.S. death. 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 Related to the Omicron. I think you get the point. So, yes, there's uh, your porn, the psychological operation to keep you all fearful and afraid. Um, and it's quite interesting with this entire psychological operation. So they love to put up death tolls. They love, love, love to do that when it suits them, especially when it was under Trump. Of course, over the last year, you realize, uh, and this is straight from the CDC uh, government website, that YouTube will obviously take down my video because that's what they like to do. If you talk about numbers or talk about statistics or talk about the truth, that's this, this. And when I say the truth, what the government itself, the United States government puts up on their websites. And of course, I'll say, well, you just don't have the ability or capacity to analyze this information. It's like, then, then that you could say that for everybody. <laughs> Obviously, Fauci didn't provide any information there. He was talking, said, well, we're waiting and seeing, and we haven't really understood and analyzed this, blah, blah, blah. Of course, he's a liar. He's a lying sack of crap. But, you know, what do we, uh, what do we allow? We allow it to go on because that's, that's where we're at. When morality disappears and when you have a country run by communists, that's what you get. Uh, and when I say communists, that's what they are. They they believe it. They don't believe any of you should have property. They don't want you to have any gun rights. They certainly don't want you to have any free speech rights. Um, and you can say that it's indicative of big tech over the last 20 years because they started off as these happy libertarians. Oh, we're going to give you freedom of voice and let you choose how to use your voice. Now it's uh, if you don't say exactly what the state with the the federal government and the world organizations behind them uh, say, uh, you need to shut the hell up. You need to be, you know, we're now living in communist China. Uh, of course, that's what our uh, masters at the top want us to do. They want us to follow their little dictates and continue to uh, obey their orders. So getting back to this chart. So according to today, this is 1230. This is when this thing was posted by the CDC. Uh, there's 816,823 all deaths involving, involving COVID, involving with, you, you notice the, the language tricks. Here's the funny thing, deaths from all causes since they've been tracking it, since they put this little chart together, uh, 6,660,723. So when I hear all these people out there in the la-la land, discuss about death and they really focus on COVID. They got to focus on that. Focus, focus, focus. What about the other 5.8 million people that you uh, lost during this time frame? Do you care about those people? Did those people matter? Uh, uh, oh, you know, as Stalin would say, one death is a tragedy. And of course, the, the NBC and CBS and ABC and all those uh, media talking heads to uh, there, you know, Ooh, the first case of a Omicron death in Texas. 
you know, and how they use the link linguistic and a fear porn of, oh, like, uh, what's his face at over at NBC? We're being put into a vice between Delta and Omicron. You, you notice all of this is just over overwrought, written, and, and it's meant to subjugate the mind to the idea that you need to live in fear, which is just, you know, let's face it, people. For all the folks out there in La La Land, and uh, no matter where you are, there you are not immortal. You are going to pass from this earth, and it's sad. We all are going to face that death someday or another. Shouldn't it try to should try to hasten it along, but and should try to do everything he can to live as long and healthy and productive productive life. Because if you don't live a productive life, or at least a life examined. So that you can share your information to other people. You haven't done anything for anybody. All you've done is just exist. And that's what the media wants you to do. They want you to exist so they can exploit you for the uh, the opportunity to use your death or your demise or your downtroddenness against you. And when I say against you, they're going to employ or in, this, in some respects, the government is going to deploy you as a as a buttress for their policy issues. And this is where this will go eventually in terms of this podcast. So yeah, 5.8 million other people who passed away during this time due to all kinds of things, you know. Uh, for example, in 2019, it was probably about 17,000 people who died due to being murdered, uh, gunshot. And of course, that rose in 2020, and it's even escalated in 2021. And of course, though you know that's what the Democrats use to exploit in their cities. Oh, we need more police, or oh, we need less police. We need more social workers, or whatever cockamamie policy they came up with. Crime was on the decline. Crime, uh, even under Obama, under Trump. I give credit to both. So I don't want to hear anybody out there saying that you're making everything all political. No, it's not all political. Crime was decreasing. People were becoming more, uh, at least uh, there was a certain amount of that going on, but that doesn't serve the masters of this this universe, this masters of this con- uh, this country or the masters of this world. They don't want people to thrive or survive. They want us to always be at each other's throats. They want us all to separate each other into black and white or vaccinated or unvaccinated or women and men or young and old, or whatever uh, whatever uh, angle they can come up, uh, come up with to divide and conquer us. And by conquer us, they want us to keep, keep us poor, they want to keep us stupid, and they want to keep everybody down on the same plane. And they use the, they use the stupid people against people that are more educated and knowledgeable. They use the educated people to exploit people below them. It, it never fails. And these people are malevolent. Yeah, they're highly motivated towards their ends. And they're just, they may seem to have a, a certain amount of IQ, but they use it in the most malicious manner available to, to control the rest of us. This is what's happened. And we they they always seek higher power. Call them sociopaths, you can call them psychopaths, you can call them whatever you want to call them in terms of a psychological terminology. But nevertheless, they always want to push down on us. And that's why they have 
uh, term that is pure porn, pure propaganda, state media to, to run and control your life. And I wanted to open there because I think we need to constantly be reminded that this is where they're going with this. I'll play a couple more clips and then we'll, we'll move on with our yearly review. So here we go. We take Gotham from the corrupt, the rich, the oppressors of generations who have kept you down with myths of opportunity, and we give it back to you, the people. Gotham is yours. None shall interfere. Do as you please. And that actually is a, you know, it's kind of a bad clip from uh, uh, God, uh, whatever, The Dark Knight with Bane, A Dark Knight Rises or whatnot. Anyway, but the, the, the message is there. The message of, uh, he, he, he's talking about, uh, obviously Bane is an evil character and he's got a, uh, a objective, which is to cause social chaos and disruption, which is exactly what the, the, the masters at the top. and. Of course, Bane was a puppet himself, and you, that that goes to the the whole concept here is that he wasn't even the he wasn't even the evil that was supposedly the evil. He was just a front guy, which is where we're at in many cases. Most of these prime ministers and presidents and all these other clowns around the world that are pushing these bad ideas are constantly uh, being puppeted from by, behind the scenes by bankers and people who are uh, uh, titled in a certain manner. And, of course, people say, oh, you can't attack those people. For whatever reason, there's so much loyalty and fealty to these people that are, they because of their, you know, they sit there and they're very highly confident. They're so overconfident that they are they are the pure sociopath, the pure narcissist. Many of them, I mean, you know, many people have said, well, that's what Trump was or you know, made it political about him. Oh yeah, he has lots of narcissistic traits, but I, 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 he's no longer your president. You got you got rid of him if you're out there, if you're a liberal or leftist out there. Yeah, you got rid of him. He isn't there. No, no, no. He could come back. It's like yeah. And was he the one that really pushed down all the policies that that ruined your life? The answer is no. Many of the policies that you uh, that you hated or or wound up or maybe you like. You know, like being controlled and manipulated and, and uh, gaslit twenty four seven. I sure as hell don't. But they, you know, there's people out there that evidently love this stuff. They love the fear porn. They they they've grown to become, ma you know, into this mass psychosis that they've uh, been uh, manipulated by. And that's where we'll go next because uh, I he can do uh, stick sex and hammer does a pretty good. Uh, uh, a summary probably better than I can because he's probably been, had more practice at it. But I'll let him tell you, and then uh, and then we'll move on to the topics that I had prepared. All right, everyone. We start off today talking about the legacy media's wagon circling once again. They are definitely doing this in a central manner for Joe Biden uh, because what just happened? You saw that the CDC revised its isolation guidelines. In the same 48-hour period that Joe Biden came out and said, well, there's no federal response that we can make 
Uh, there's no federal solution um, to COVID and, and punted it to the states. Again, I'll cover that in brief. I did a separate video the other day, uh, but it bears mentioning, it bears explaining why, while it was out of context, it was still of import. So I see people, especially on the right, attacking Biden. Technically speaking, they took the bait and, and they're going with a context-free clip and they're not even really explaining the true importance. And then, of course, you have CNN saying cloth masks don't do anything. We need to mass produce N95s. Again, isn't it rather mysterious that that's literally less than 24 hours after Sanders and several other Democratic senators pushed the same thing? Well, we need N95s. Omicron's more transmissible. What's happened is that you have COVID normalization going on. They realize, the government does, looking at Omicron, far more transmissible, far less lethal overall, it has already burned itself through an enormous proportion of the population in some impacted areas. Well, we're, we're talking, didn't they have that over, a hundred, over a half a million cases in a single day in the U.S.? It's already peaked and begun to drop off in South Africa. It, only, it took it less than a month, arguably, although we don't know exactly when it was... Uh, when the origin was at its rate of spread and its extreme RO, you can say that it wasn't around for very long before it took over. And now it's inoculating people. They're gaining natural resistance. This is probably the prelude to the disease becoming uh, an equilibrium-based disease. Um, just it'll become a seasonal cold. This is probably the point at which that process, the end uh, result is, is clear. Biden, therefore, has to position himself because the problem is that if he doesn't say, well, it's the states, you handle it, I'll just give you money, which is exactly what Trump did, by the way. I'll get into that in context with this article because it's hilarious. It's very propagandistic the way that it was uh, written. Uh, if he doesn't do that, he takes the blame for the huge spike in cases and also the last wave of, of deaths that you're going to have. More people have died under Biden than Trump, for instance, in the United States. And taking him out of context in any situation there, I just, you know, that's why he uh, presents the argument and whatnot. So getting beyond that, though, the bigger problems are coming down the pike um, with uh, the world economy, which is obviously one of the bigger proportions of this that constantly gets overlooked because, of course, our mainstream media doesn't give a shit about that because they're run by, run by the globalists and they're run by DC and they're run by a whole bunch of other actors who have no, no, uh, no, they have no, they have no desire to inform you on anything that's really going on or the, the plans ahead. Uh, matter of fact, uh, this morning, um, for example, one of the things I unfortunately found about these, uh, tabs on my, uh, Brave browser, sometimes it interferes with the audio, but hopefully it's just, so just, uh, Turner, uh, uh, just, uh, what do you say? Just matchy. He, uh, he, a Daily Mail, Biden signs a $137 million deal with German pharmaceutical company for COVID test strip factory that will take three years to build and will start producing 83.8 million tests per month in late 2024 at the earliest. Hmm. Does it sound like that's something that's going away? No, of course not. That isn't the point of this. This That's never been the point of this. They're using this hustle to get people vaccinated, which is a money exploitation, but it's more important about the passports and control mechanism and controlling your movements, controlling your finances, controlling everything. And of course, people never see the long-term game. They do it by, this is like a three-card money or a shell game. 
Um, that's the reason why, and this is one of the reasons why I'm going to do what I'm going to do here coming up in the future. I'm previewing what's coming. So the three card money or the three card, uh, three shell game is that they they work on one particular item. Say they they for example uh, they say hey we just want to have a database ready to go for all the information that we need for all the people who have been vaccinated out there because we want to keep good track and have good records. The government's got all kinds of databases, all kinds of databases on all kinds of people for all kinds of things. Uh, they've, they've been doing this for years and years. They see you as a number. They see you as a useful serf. Uh, do you really need a federal database for any of this stuff? No, you really don't. People should have the freedom to make their own individual choices when it comes to health. That has always been uh, pretty much a, a should have been and kept in our country a right. Uh, unfortunately, uh, I know many people have exploited that for opportunistic reasons. Um, for example, Planned Parenthood. I can go down that road. I won't. But that's, uh, you know, again, that's another story for another time. Uh, I've actually talked to that before. But using health as a uh, as a way to wheel, uh, whittle their way into your life or uh, whatever the word is there to get into your life and stay there they don't have any they don't have any other involvement in other than that they want to control your behavior they want to control your behavior get that through your skull i know there's people out there that totally agree with that but there's other people that do not they don't seem to get the concept that that's what the whole thing is. That's what communism is. That's what feudalism is. It's the control of the. It's a, a, a the control mechanism of a very select few people trying to control the masses, and they use technocrats. They hire underlings. It's just like a pyramid. It's a pyramid scheme. It's a. It's basically an organizational chart at any corporation. They use the same kind of top-down mechanism, top-down management. They don't really care about your ideas. They don't care about who you are. I know many people think that because if they have, quote, good ideas, that they're going to somehow rise up through the ranks and get where they want to get. They only allow that if they if you're a useful enough idiot for them to put into a place of position of power because they think you're stupid, really. They honestly want to promote stupid. They don't want to promote smart people because smart people will see through it. That's why they obviously hire and they want to keep around the policemen that they do. That's why last year when they had the opportunity to, quote, defund the police, that was, that was a narrative that got spun up, you know, the media. That was spun up actually by Washington, D.C. That was spun up by, remember, you had an entire cadre, the entire Democratic Party was all for defunding the police. We need social workers. We need to go around and do that kind of thing. And look at what chaos has resulted from that. How many cops left? The the smart cops, the people that were trying to do the law and order thing correctly as best they could, left because they were ran out. So the only the only at this point the only cops that are remaining are bad cops. When I say bad cops, are just they they're either there for their paycheck, which is a a mechanism, a tool uh, to control people, because if you can keep people. They have mortgages, they have bills, they have family, they have to pay, they have to eat, um, then you'll do what you're told. That's that's one of the mechanisms, and you know, 
And then, I, and of course, there's people out there who say, well, you were talking about being productive and stuff. It's like, yeah, but you should have freedom of association. You should move. You should go to a different job. That's why it's so beautiful. That's, that is the beauty of a, of a system that allows as much freedom as humanly possible. Now, granted, we've, we've, we've lived under the concept of freedom, but not have been really free because the powers that be don't want that. One of the biggest uh, the, the breakthroughs of our constitution in 17, you know, 1789. Now, I didn't apply to everybody at that time. I know lots of people like the position, uh, their entire argument on, well, there was still slavery and black people did not get the same rights as white people. Yeah, you can't release it. They, at that time, they made a compromise. They could not provide total freedom to everybody. I don't know why. It's a probably has a lot to do with the fact that it was 1789. There were a lot of things going on then that don't go on now. So yes, it was a it was a bad deal. It was a bad deal to write into our constitution, but it was done, and we fought a war over that, and 600,000 people died, just like COVID, by the way. 600,000 people lost their lives in the Civil War, and that's where we were at. So. This whole idea that there was not blood spilt, the price wasn't paid, and yes, even out of the Civil War, there was still animosity and hatred and all kinds of things went on. Granted, that is absolutely true. But look at who's continuing to push this race, racial, racial narrative. The same people that have been doing it since eight, you know, since the 1800s. You can call it the Democratic Party. You can call it leftist. You can call it globalist. You can call it whatever you want to call it. They want to divide this country. They want to destroy this country. And we have people inside this country that are assisting them. They're traitors to not only everything that America stood for or it will stand for. They're traitors to everything the world needs. We need to defeat communism. We need to defeat globalism, period. We need people. It isn't that you can't trade or shouldn't have a... Uh, some kind of policy. The problem is, is the interlinking of government, corporations, military, media, the whole, all those pillars, they're interlinking together and they're trying to control the entire world populace. And they want to get rid of you, a lot of you. Who knows how many they want to get rid of, but they don't care. They, they look at it as, as what's a million lives, what's a billion lives to them. They don't give a damn. They don't care about any of us. They just use this to, to take down and exploit us all. And they will continue to do that until we figure out how to peacefully, until they until they decide they become violent with us, and then the, the terribles will have to change. You cannot let these people win. These people will destroy this entire earth. They don't care who they destroy in the process. You are just sheep. Speaking of which, so let's go to my next topic here. Uh, I get off on a soapbox and make Bannon look like he's short-winded. So Pfizer fixing contracts. So we know Pfizer is part and parcel to this objective. Uh, they they seem to have immunity from you know, basic reality. Uh, their CEO talks like he doesn't give a shit about anybody. Um, they're just, they were one of the bigger issues with their their shot and what's going on inside their contracts and how they're controlling either controlling governments or these contracts are illegal 
and yet nobody gives a shit inside multiple governments to say, no, uh, these contracts are null and void, and they don't bring Pfizer to its knees. If, as far as I'm concerned, Pfizer needs to be taken out of business. They need to place the CEO under arrest. And they need to go and, and confiscate all their documentation and every contract. But, of course, when you have all these world governments that are on, on the hook, for they think they're on the hook. They are not under the hook. They can just null and void that contract. Of course, you have to have a, a parties that are involved that are willing to do that. It's really helpful when you put the bo- likes of Boris Johnson and uh, Emmanuel Macron and, and all the other uh, pointy heads like uh, New Zealand's uh, Prime Minister uh, Jacinda Ardern and um, the guy down there in Australia too. Uh, so all these people are on board with this shit, and they did this. And, and granted, Trump was a dupe too. It sounds like Trump is uh, hustling the vaccine, which is that once again leftoids. Uh, there's uh, there's substantial evidence that he hasn't exactly figured out by now that the the vaccines not only don't work, they probably have ca- caused substantial death and harm to people. But, of course, I know now YouTube will now make sure my uh, broadcast gets deleted. Good. I'm looking for my strike two and strike three from them because I don't care whether they carry my broadcast. I think any any company that's involved in this kind of censorship should be, uh, they they should be come under the heavy hand of a, a change in orientation of a, law under section 230 so the point is is like these people are operating with the idea that they have immunity from prosecution and uh they need to be uh let's just say reassessed really quickly to know that they are not immune from this prosecution uh next article i just put these in random order so they're not uh they're not linear so the exodus, uh, there was an article from Zero Hedge uh, pointing to, and I've seen the graphic of the exodus from California and New York and Illinois. So we have this uh, blue flight. People, people there, at least the smart ones, and this hasn't. This has been going on for a number of years. This isn't just due to COVID. Um, people are leaving California. Like, uh, for example, I mean, there's bigger names that have left. Uh, over the last couple of years, and I could point to them, but they're, those are anecdotal examples. But uh, like David Rubin, I guess he's moving to Florida. But many people, obviously, California has been trying to put in these uh, uh, unique laws like taxation laws. Elon Musk relocated his uh, headquarters to Texas, and you know that's Elon Musk. He's one of the he's one of the global elite, but whatever. He he seemingly doesn't know what he what what side of the uh, what side of the table he sits on, but uh, he, you know he does business in China. Uh, his uh, Tesla vehicles uh, have some work, but they may be uh, exploiting the recalls there to uh, put pressure on him to get with the program, uh, kind of like they do, like the China does with their uh, their particular response. So this may be a you know a certain kind of operation against that. Uh, anyway, I'll move on from there. The biggest thing is, is like Illinois and New York are uh, more and more trying to do the same thing. Mayor uh, Lori Lightfoot, uh, Beetlejuice, uh, coming up with this. Uh, uh, you have to, it, no matter what age, like I think it's a five and up. So they, you have to show vaccination status and all that kind of stuff. The same way in New York City, 
in New York State's probably going that way too because their governor is basically Jim Jones Jr. Uh, she, the way she talks, the way she acts, yeah. You thought Cuomo was bad, and you got this uh, this Hockle, the Kathy Hockle lady who just she's straight up. She may she makes Cuomo sound like he was almost normal, but he was just a, a he sounds like a mobster thug. She sounds like a a cult leader. So you know. They come in all shapes and sizes when you're talking about the blue state idiots. And then you got uh Brown uh Kathy Brown and then you got uh uh well of course Gavin Newsom uh recently, I guess uh, California decided uh D's and F's are no longer, you know, necessary in schools because, you know, you know, whatever. <laughs> uh Awaken with JP did a pretty good uh send up of that particular situation. So uh and before I move on, uh, I want to dis discuss uh, economics professor proposes price controls as a powerful weapon to con contain infl inflation. Uh, Mike uh, sh uh, Shedlock of uh, uh, Mish Talk. So he uh, he goes down uh, he goes down uh, how, how crazy this idea is. This is economic professors uh, doing price controls. Price controls are just just the the same. The rules of interventionism, he, he writes. Uh, so you got, say there's no inflation, print. Say it's transitory, print. Blame businesses, print. Blame consumers, print. Price controls and rationing equals crisis. Print to combat de deflation, you know. So uh, for a historical example, uh, Andy Martin posted, uh, President Richard Nixon established national price controls in 1972. Inflation rate in 1972 was 3.2%. 73 was 6.2%. 74 became 11%. 75, 9.1%. 76, 5.8%. 77, 6%. So, <laughs> you see, price controls all, it's, it'll cause shortages because, of course, people, they'll, they'll create black markets. And it creates chaos, and they've, it's been <laughs> over and over and over again. Um, it's called the law, and uh, one guy writes the law of bad ideas. Uh, bad ideas don't go away until they've been tried and failed multiple times, and generally not even then. Corollary one, left alone, bad ideas get worse over time. Corollary two, the overwhelming desire to implement bad ideas leads to compromises guaranteeing to make things worse. Corollary three, those in positions of political power not only have the worst ideas, they, they also have the means to see see those ideas are implemented. Corollary four, the worse the idea, the more likely it is to be embraced by academia and political opportunists. Boom. Corollary five, no politically acceptable idea is so bad it cannot be made worse. And that's what's been going on here actually through COVID. You know, you think about all the lockdownism and uh, mask mandates and uh, you know all this other cockamamie shit that's all lies it's not based in any actual science or reality because there was no there was no acceptable study that said anything about masks working in any substantial way to, to control virus uh, vector spread because uh, for one thing most of the general population won't wear them correctly two you can't produce enough of them Three, uh, the mask, uh, any, any, uh, any idea that a cloth or medical mask has any usefulness is, is cockamamie bullshit. 
the N95 mask. Oh, by the way, uh, that you have to have a quality control standard on the N95 mask. And when they initially produced a bunch of them, uh, the CDC, uh, this was back in April of 2020, the, the shipments they were getting from China, another thing that's problematic about this whole thing, China has no incentive to actually produce good medical uh, uh, things. And people seem to think that China has some kind of medical miracle. No. They, they've, they've been lying throughout this whole thing. We don't know how many people have actually died over there. When you have 1.4 billion, we don't even know if that number is accurate, uh, people under your rule, and only about 90 million of those people count for anything because they're members of the Chinese Communist Party. And then amongst that, that uh, select few, one out of every 15 or one out of every 14 people in that country, Amongst that group, then you probably only have about five or six thousand people in that group that matter significantly enough that they get to have a substantial voice and opinion on anything. And amongst that group, there's probably only ten of those people that actually can ever become the paramount leader, like Xi Jinping, uh, that make any difference. So there again, they're they're a very hierarchical, uh, hierarchical and feudalistic or communistic mercantilistic uh, uh, country or organization. I mean, they are a they are a hydra. They don't care about anybody or anything, and they do whatever they whatever the hell they please. They made Jack Ma. They they basically submitted him and sent him to a re-education camp, uh, probably with nicer digs because he's a billionaire. But aside from that, they only did that so they can roll him back out eventually, and he'll he'll tow the he'll tow the the CCP line and keep his mouth shut and not uh, a step out of line. You see how they do that? And that's how that kind of how they're trying to do it here. You have people like Biden and that these authoritarians don't ever change. They never change their stripes. And if they can ever get total control of anything, they will destroy this. They will destroy this entire earth. They don't care about anybody. You know, they are just, they, it's rules for thee and not for me. They think they're better than you. They've always thought they were better than you. They never will change from that. But they love to exploit bad ideas. Bad ideas give them power. And we have so many people that sucker are suckered into this because they they think that they can control other people. What it is is they're so miserable that they want other people to feel the same amount of misery that they feel. So if anyone's doing any better than them, they think they either got there by cheating or otherwise. Now there are there are instances that people are cheating. That's why you should have a system, a relatively uh, unique and 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 what would you say it? This is what happens when you don't arrest people for breaking the law. This is what happens when you allow politicians to get away with stuff of all stripes. It doesn't matter whether they're left or right or anything in between. If they're getting away with breaking the law, then they need to be prosecuted. The same way with the FBI, the same way with all these other organizations. If they are breaking the law, you place them under arrest instead of law. But law enforcement no longer does that. And when law enforcement is doing law breaking, then you uh, you have chaos and tyranny. And uh, when you have military people who are just bad human beings, of course they like to wage war. You know, their business is war. That's the way they look at it. And they don't they don't care much for human beings, evidently. A lot of them don't. A lot of them do. But power that's vested in certain people's minds becomes very, uh, can be used very exploitatively. 
one of the beautiful things about our Constitution that very few people seem to think wrap their heads around is that it, it, it tried its best to diffuse power. In other words, it didn't put the presidency or the executive branch above the legislative branch or above the judicial branch. It really didn't. It gave each one its task and orientation. It also uh, dif uh, diffused power between federal and state levels and state and local levels. So you see how that was done. It was done for a reason. They knew that tyrants, you know, come in all shapes and sizes and stripes. The idea was to give them, you know, to, to put in a constitution that allowed for enough checks and balances to keep keep that going. However, over a course of time, due to people's manipulations and due to people being suckered in out of out of knowledge and the, the fact that people refused to do this, and people used to be more knowledgeable in many respects in the past than they are today because people have thought that the they're they, they can never elect bad leaders well we've been we're on a we're on a long streak of putting in very evil people bushes for one obama going back to clintons going back to you know probably going back <laughs> going back to lbj as far as i'm concerned or if you want to go back to fdr or go back to wilson most of the quote, quote unquote progressives or the left are have done nothing but grow government, and of course, all the people in between them have grown government too, uh, sometimes by accident. Sometimes people make uh, have made decisions not uh, uh, through um, they haven't always known everything that was going on underneath them. Uh, I would suggest that JFK probably didn't know all the all the bad juju and all the hatred that he was inspiring inside of his own country or in his own cabinetry with the CIA and other people that stood against him. That's why he fired the people he did, and, and who knows? We still don't know exactly what happened there, and we probably never will because they're going to keep on kicking the can even though there was documentation released recently. So, interesting, I can talk for 43 minutes and I'm barely on to... Topic number four. Uh, I'm going to do a music interlude here for a second, and then I'll be back with you after that. So we're going to put on my one of my favorite songs, and we'll go from there. Let's see where it goes.
back trying to so yeah sending out an SOS very true police wrote that 1979 40 42 going on 43 years ago so uh I will finish up with this economic um, situation which uh, of course I segue to badly um the idea was is that uh yeah Today's uh, a couple more corollaries for every problem. There's at least one economically preposterous idea on how to fix it. Kind of like mayors proposing that the best way to fix crime is to defund the police, which will just and basically uh, allow uh, criminals to say, hey, well, might as well go out and steal. Might as well go out and kill. Might as well go out and do whatever it is because no one's going to ever arrest me. Yeah. That's a good way to create more problems. You know? Of course, that's the whole point of this. The agenda the agenda is to destabilize the entire United States and make everybody afraid through COVID, through violence, through um, the controlling them through food and energy policy. So, For every problem, an economically illiterate person attacks the Simpsons. 
uh, uh, Symptoms. Yeah, Simpsons. Well, yeah, if you think of Homer Simpson, yeah, maybe that should be a, a new meme. So, uh, symptoms. The idea, yeah, that you're the symptoms of the problem, which are prices are escalating, which, okay. So, the uh, this guy pointed out that, you know, uh, not only did she mention the five fundamental issues, uh, this uh, professor is not, uh, her name is uh, Weber, <laughs> is not fit to teach at the University of Massachusetts or anywhere else. Yeah, that's quite a, quite, quite an interesting thing that she's, uh, uh, of course, states is known for its liberal, liberal or leftist policies now, since they have this authoritarianism too there. Um, pretty much any blue area, uh, and granted, the right, when you call it the right, or I don't even like using left-right anymore. It's starting to get to be old old hat. It's basically the corrupt top versus everybody else. But the corruption's a little bit less in what are considerably voting Republican states. Only maybe there's a little bit more accountability at the local level, but that's getting less and less because the state governors and the state attorneys and attorney generals and whatnot are becoming more and more, uh, they're just corporatist, <laughs> just like the the Democrats. One of the, one of the beautiful things that the Democrats did over the past, I don't know, 25 to 30 years is they hijacked Wall Street and businesses and corporations who outsourced all the, all our uh, businesses overseas. And of course the Republicans did too. They went along with this too. I mean, the, the handshake between the Clintons and the Bushes. It's probably one of the most important uh, periods of time in U.S. history. At least in hindsight, it should be looked at that. And I, I'm making that observation between between Clinton's administration and the Bush administration. There was a, a distinct distinct uh, pivot uh, to pure, almost almost complete globalism. And Clinton had, had been friends with the Bushes going back into the 80s. I mean... Um, <laughs> Bill Clinton was sitting around with George Herbert Walker Bush and uh, George Wallace back in like 1982, 1983 up at Kenny Bunkport, Maine. Because obviously uh, at that time, uh, Bill Clinton was being groomed to be be uh, be in the run for the presidency. And a Herbert Walker Bush is just, you know, I mean, he was already the, he had already been the director. He was already the, he was the vice president then for pipe's sakes. Uh, that was a handshake deal with Reagan. So you have to be aware that these people have been in contact with each other over a number, number of years. And of course, very little. The media did, always did a very bad job. This is a, one of the, another key secret. The media has always been bad. The media has always been horrible. Independent media is only people, when I say independent, people that are independently going out there and looking at in, in information and people and investigating at the local and state and national level are doing you a service. If this all this corporate media is bought, purely bought, they have no they have no they know they 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 have easily they have all these stories. They know all these stuff. They 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 know these they know these people firsthand and they're told to shut up about it or they cover up for them. There's a reason why People get to malevolent places in, for example, like Penn State, uh, was his name, Jerry Sandusky, and uh, MSU, the doctor there. There's a reason why that stuff gets covered up. 
It's not that the media isn't being made aware of it. It's not that people didn't talk. It's just that people didn't want to believe that that could be actually going on. And they hid it and masked it. And they said, well, there's bigger forces at hand or there's more important things to come about. Uh, we can't have this come out because it's embarrassing. Yes, it is embarrassing. It always is embarrassing. But then that's how corruption thrives and, and grows and becomes more and more instilled and becomes more commonplace. Um, this happens throughout society and in, in all kinds of areas. It happens in blue areas and red areas. It's not, you know, endemic of pure politics, you know, the, the idea of somebody's political party that they belong to. Political parties ostensibly mean nothing anymore in the United States because uh, there's only the only people that really give a shit about this country are are the 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 salt of the earth, the people that do all the work on a daily basis, who show up to work, provide uh, services, provide uh, production, make sure you eat, make sure you have stuff, and of course, you know, a globalist will argue that. Well, China produces this and that. You know those Chinese people are being totally exploited and exploited. They're being exploited by us, the American people, not by our decisions per se. We buy from them, but we didn't buy from them because we chose that chose to put it over there. Well, that was chosen by corporate America, and by corporate America, I mean corporations that grew up in the United States and then decided to export all their all the ideas, quote unquote. They call it their non-value uh what do you call non-value added or um not our primary uh, what do you call it primary technology which is utter nonsense i worked at a company that was like that and say well our you know what is our what is our key aspect what do what is our key uh proponent uh, pro uh what do you say um key additive value to this operation let's focus on that anything else that isn't quote unquote uh key or important, we should just go ahead and outsource it. And they did a lot of outsourcing. They outsourced to China or any place they can get a money hustle, labor analysis. But it's all silo. It's all just moving around um, the problem to some place where they can hide it. A lot of times they they, they want to hide the reality of the problem they, they're trying to fix they can't fix. Or just it's a, it's a natural occurrence that uh, they don't want to fix the problem. And then they just pass on the they pass on the cost of that problem to you. They don't want it. Uh, optimizing is even though they, you know, they hire people who are supposed to be able to optimize or, uh, you know, Kaizen, good change, or they bring in these uh, uh, consultants. They hire consultants to do this. Most of the people at the local level or at a factory level can fix their problems. They know what they would. They know what they would do if they were allowed to do it, but. There's no benefit from a plant manager's perspective to allowing his people to actually do that. You may think there is, but he can always come up with some way, you know, if through, uh, uh, they have to cap, uh, in other words, for example, if they, they knew if they bought a, a better piece of capital equipment, that this thing could pump, pump out better product like hotcakes, or they know of a new process that would work. You would think that, you know, there would be an incentive to do that, but capital investment uh, so many of the, the pointing heads say, well, we can't recoup that within a year. The return on investment isn't high enough or whatnot. But if you plan on being in business for 20 years, why is it that you only can, you have to get your money back within a certain amount of time? You know, 
Why is it? Why is it? Because <laughs> they plan on taking that operation and moving it someplace where they can get a they can get cheaper workers. So while you have people here complaining about they want to get fifteen bucks an hour, which oh by the way now isn't going to be a problem because of inflation, inflationary, the inflationary uh, spiral that uh, we've been put into by the Federal Reserve, and they're not going to do anything about it because they they were working with uh, BlackRock in particular who came up with this idea of quote going direct is what their paper was, but in the paper it was talking about they needed to. Uh, create inflation and they did they said that straight out they wanted to induce an inflationary policy why because they want to crash this system so they can bring in their uh, uh one world mon mon monetary policy so anyway i've gone through a bunch of economic situations but uh uh what's his face author michael snyder via the economic collapse blog i and people will say, well, you're you're pumping out fear porn or propaganda. No, I, I, a lot of this is based in uh, looking at uh, actual price levels and uh, market changes and energy policy. I mean, if you go look at energy prices, all you have to do is just go out and look at it. You can see that gas is at 330 or 340 a gallon. Where was it this time last year? What was it? Buck 99, 210. At least in it, this is in Indiana. I only have my, I only have the, my perspective from where I was sitting at at the time. So it was a lot less. And I can go look it up on some uh, lookup blog or whatever, but I'm not going to do that right now. But I know it was a lot less. So gas prices have gone up substantially since that time. So here you go. But I'm going to read a little bit of this because someone wrote this. <clears throat> but thanks to the reckless policies of the Biden administration and the Federal Reserve, see, Federal Reserve, Americans have lots of lots of money in their pockets. All those dollars are going to be chasing declining levels of goods and services, and that is going to result in hair-curling inflation. Correct. Uh, too, too, food, uh, too few goods and too many dollars. It's really obvious. It doesn't take a rocket scientist to figure that. If you got more dollars in your pocket, but yet you have a limited amount of goods, the, the prices are going to go up. Um, of course, we have already experienced, uh, experience has been painful enough. Earlier today, the top moder moderator of one of the most popular discussion forums on the internet posted this. Just bought two prime ribeyes for $64. I was shocked. That's going to be double, that's got to be double what I used to pay. Meat prices are, are getting really crazy, but they're only going to get even higher. Correct. I think I just got some meat. Was it like 80, 20 meat was like, Four ninety nine or five ninety nine. It was like four ninety nine a pound, and I can remember when it was like two ninety nine a pound. It wasn't eighteen months ago. And the same can same can be said for many other situations along that lines. So even before Omicron came along, major companies all over the country were preparing major price hikes for twenty twenty two. For example, the maker of Oreos and Ritz crackers has announced that all their prices will be going up 6 to 7% for next year. Mondelez International, which makes snacks for Oreo, cookies, and Ritz crackers, will increase prices by 6 in January, the company said last month. Other food producers will be implementing much larger increases. When Wall Street Journal reported that Kraft Heinz would be lifting prices by as much as 20% in 2022, that definitely alarmed a lot of people. According to the Wall Street Journal, 
Craft prices in price increases were among the most dramatic heading into 2022, with some items going up by 20%. The price of the company's grape Poupon mustard, for example, will increase between 6 and 13%. General Mills uh, uh, raising prices by 20%. A major regional wholesale supplier leaked to CNN a letter that General Mills sent to retailers to inform them that the price of some products could increase by 20% starting in mid-January. This would be on the extreme end, but the high rate is certainly concerning. So get ready to pay a whole lot more for cereal. I've already seen it with uh, item uh, general items like Spam. Um, I buy my meat on Monday, for example, at the local place I go to, because on Monday they have uh, it's the last day that the meat is quote-unquote date stamped as good. So they, they nearly knock the price off by $1 to $3. So I buy it, and then I freeze it. Some people say, well, that doesn't mean it's going to stay good. No, but it gives a little bit longer life, and you freeze it real quickly. You know, I, you know, I'm trying to make I'm trying to make do, and I'm only have to worry about myself. So it's not like I'm feeding a family of, you know, a ton of people. Um, so I I do what I need to do to get by, and I'm uh, planning on doing some uh, uh, shopping here and uh, consolidating some of that uh, some of the information I do here to make some price buys so I can uh, get through the winter. Uh, everybody should be uh, worried about that, but uh, very few people listen to my podcast, so I know I'm, I'm only talking to a few people that will actually pay attention to this, but if they, for those who can, they will, and those who can't, well, uh, uh, I, I hope the best for you too. So yeah, even like Dollar Tree going up from a dollar to dollar twenty-five in a few months. Uh, so anyway. The optimist at Goldman Sachs, of course, Goldman Sachs being a globalist organization who's been involved in our Fed policy and a host of other things, believes that things will eventually improve, but that is because they still have faith that the gurus at the Federal Reserve can magically make everything better somehow. <laughs> but the Fed only has two solutions to any crisis. Well, yeah, they they could do a lot of other things, but they, you know, what they do is it's usually bad and wrong and always in the wrong direction. They can cut interest rates, but they have already pushed that all the way to the floor. Correct. Where interest rates are going to eventually have to rise. And of course, that'll push up everything. But if you want to tamp down inflation, you know, uh, they <laughs> they can also pump more money into the system, which they've already done way too much of, which is why we have the problem we already have. They've been doing this for years. The quantitative, the quantitative easing since... 2008 has been just astronomical. Uh, they they've literally kept that kept that on the pedal the whole time. And last year they finally just went into a hyperdrive with it. It isn't a problem money. There's plenty of money supply out there. The problem and and, and the thing is when you go do that, then how to how they literally how do you have good a good in good investment? You've got all this massive disinvestment that's out there that's going on. And now all the money pumping has created a raging inflation nightmare, correct? And they don't know how to put a fire out. Well, of course not. They've created this on purpose. Anytime something that's obvious to anybody that, you know, I'm not an economist, but it's obvious based upon the curves and based upon what should have happened that you would never print up this kind of amount of cash, but they did. Uh, the, The money supply is just out of hand and they don't care. They're trying to crash the system. They're sending. They're literally moving the dollar to zero. 
and it's the world uh, world reserve currency. It has been for years, and China is even more out of control than we are in terms of the banking assets. They're like two and a half times our problem. So you have two group two, the two largest economies in the world are they are built on a house of cards of money uh, over printing, uh, creating assets that don't that are underperforming that are they're creating enormous asset bubbles. China's a, a I guess you could say their real estate market uh, dwarfs our real estate nightmare in 20, 2007, 2008. When that thing busts, and it already has shown that it already had Evergrande go bust, and they have a number of other companies in the hopper, how's that going to spin out of control? So, anyway, uh, I've gone down this road too much with this. Moving on to the next review topic. <laughs> Ray Epps, Rhodes, Sullivan, FBI, and the Ukraine Posse. So 1-6 was a, another operation that was used against the United States to obviously stop any election uh, review. When they showed up there on 1-6, the big rally, and this was this was poorly done by Trump. This was poorly done by people who were interested in the the concept of a review, but of course, if you don't, if you don't show any interest in your uh, government and what they're doing when it comes to the election, you'll never get any results. But they were already, they were already, aware, they were well aware that all the people that were there, they were planning on letting them in. They didn't put in the national, they didn't, they didn't put in any uh, safeguards, you know, to keep this uh, under um, what do you say? They weren't interested in protecting the their uh, the the House and Senate at all. As a matter of fact, they wanted a disruption, so they caused it. There were people there. They were uh, agent provocateurs. You know, go into the Capitol was what the the, the one uh, Ray Epps did, uh, as uh, Revolver News has reported on over and over again. And and they finally got some article traction with uh, being reprinted by. I think the Daily Mail and others that have looked into this, that is, is yeah, they were, uh, they were being planted, they were plants on the ground to cause as much uh, disruption and urging to get people involved in this, and they got, they got the suckers, they got people that were unfortunately willing to go into the Capitol, uh, even if they were there just looking, you can't, uh, they. <laughs> They should have known very well. Those they were there. Those there were stupid people in there, and then there were people that were that were there, obviously to cause havoc and chaos. And they weren't all there. Uh, and of course, many of those were not charged. The ones that caused the most havoc and chaos were not charged. The people that caused like the minimal disruption, they've sledgehammered them. This is the. This is of course what the regime wanted. That way, they had a narrative to spin up. Oh, they're insurrectionists! Look at them they they can't be controlled. They're just they're trying to over they're trying to threaten our democracy. Uh, this is a republic, by the way. It's not just a democracy. Uh, we do vote for people, but this is <laughs> uh, it just it boggles the mind. But that isn't what the media wants you to believe. They want you to believe. Oh, we have all these evil white people that. Don't like the fact that they, you know, their their Trumpler didn't get get elected. Uh, you know, blah blah blah. That's their that's their narrative. That's the narrative, and that's what they're sticking to. 
And I'm not saying that Trump was the 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 panacea for any of this, panacea for the pandemic, the panacea for all this stuff. He he is one dude, one dude. And you know what happened to the a dude back in 1963? One dude can be taken out real quick. They just don't want to do that anymore. Our uh, globalist handlers, uh, you know, the people that are you know uh, massaging this in the background, uh, they don't dare try to do that because they know that'll cause That'll cause way too much suspicion, and they know people are way too savvy to you know, use the internet and videotape. They know, you know, remember the Sabruta film and all that kind of stuff. They're way too savvy for that. They know the best way to get rid of a leader is to undermine his base, to make them look like they're evil. Exact. They use all the psychological propaganda that they can possibly steer up, and of course, they own most of the media. You know. When people say, oh, they can't own everything, blah, blah, blah. That's a talking point. That's wrong. No, go look at it. You can look at the financials of all these companies. You can find out who owns them. You can find out that BlackRock and State Street and Vanguard, whether it be a private company, or you can say, oh, well, it's just there was a guy who made the, the point. It's like, well, it just means assets under management. That doesn't mean they really run the company. It's like, Jesus, man, they buy the stock. That means they control the, the direction, the flow of information. And when they own, you know, substantial portions, 5% or more of any of five or six media companies, they pretty much can make them do what they want. Um, because they can they can take down a stock as much as they build it up. And they'll be glad to do that. They don't care. So they're, the strings are attached to all these people. And... Why is it that uh, BlackRock can have $10 trillion in assets under management? Where are they getting their money from? There's only one place they could get it from, uh, willingly, is the Fed. So why is the Fed pumping them up? And why, did the, why does the Fed listen to their insights about how they want to go direct? You start asking questions, you'll, you'll go down a road that you probably won't want to listen to. Or when you start asking questions... You may not like the answers that you get, but they are the answers that you get. You just have to start analyzing the information. And, of course, they don't want people to get too deep into this stuff. But that's the same reason why the globalists won't go. They don't want to do any extra. See, the assassinations in the past have always obviously triggered uh, wars and stuff. And they may very well do that eventually. If someone steps out of line, yeah, they're willing to do that, but... They, they have to have a cover story beforehand. Uh, they want to do that. That's the reason why the vaccine is such a, uh, a harbinger of bad omens because uh, they're using the medical tyranny to enforce people to get boosters and get boosters. Well, the boosters are not going to help your immune system uh, recover. They're actually going to uh, hijack your immune system. They're trying to put in a vaccination schedule that will make it so that you're pretty much, uh, you have to, you're required to get vaccinations just to keep an immune system against a disease that you could have easily recovered from. It's a hustle to keep a lot of people under control and probably to introduce all kinds of uh, potentiality for them to die of a, of a vaccination injury by, you know, whether it be directly or by uh, the, the repetitiveness of uh, uh, receiving one. And that's my opinion. That's not a, you know, I granted I don't have the, 
the the bona fides to say that I understand everything about this vaccine, all these vaccines, and they're not even vaccines. I keep on saying that wrongly. It's they're supposedly mRNA mRNA therapy therapy. Why do you need to keep on getting therapy for something that uh, supposedly is just a, uh, is a coronavirus? It's a flu. Why do you need uh, ongoing therapy? Think about that. Why do you need ongoing therapy? It's a money hustle. It's also a population hustle. Uh, it serves their benefit. It benefits them and them alone. So why get it at all? That's what people should have been asking questions about. But of course, asking questions will lead you to some uncomfortable answers. And then you have to figure out how you're going to defeat that. So the next, and I totally got off topic there, but the whole point of with this uh, 1-6 thing was to hijack an election uh, review and 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 asking questions, and that that, that maybe that's the, that was the key point there is that if you started asking questions about how how somebody like Biden who didn't do any campaigning at all except from his basement and couldn't barely could barely get a crowd of you know 100 people to come to his rallies to watch him uh, talk and he's never been a popular person to begin with how he managed to get 81 million votes. In a country under lockdown, I mean, maybe there were a lot of libtards that wanted to vote for him. Maybe there was 65 million people. I could see that. I could see as many people voting for him as voted for Hillary Clinton. But I don't see as many people. <laughs> I don't. He he beat his own old boss by like 12. Uh, uh, was it 10 to 12 million votes? His old boss being a, a you know Barack Obama, and Barack Obama had these massive audiences. You can talk about how there's extra population and blah, blah, blah. Um, people didn't suddenly get more uh, more uh, interested in voting. Now, granted, you may say otherwise, but um, we didn't suddenly get the most massive spike in, in extra votes in U.S. history just, just so they could install a guy. He was installed by the media propaganda. He was installed by the D.C. Swamp. All these people down to the local level were able to control certain aspects, and they had this. They had this worked out. They knew exactly where they could uh, make changes. There's a reason why they picked the six states that they targeted. There was a reason why they picked them. They knew where the hot the hot states were, and they knew who they could put in place to make that happen. They knew what they could, what strings to pull. They weren't they weren't letting anything go to chance this time, and they used enough delay and time. To make this all happen, they used to shut down elections on on election night, and they used a ongoing um, COVID in, uh, COVID uh, pandemic hustle to uh, uh, carry out their plan, and they blocked people from wa looking at it. And people didn't. Hey, if if we were like we were back in the 1920s, there would have been all kinds of violence, and of course, you know that's what they wanted, but. They would have had a, it would have been from people that they didn't like violence from. And I know people say, well, you know, you only turn to violence if you, if you're wrong. It's like, yeah, it's easy for you to say that. But during the, during the summer of love, June, 2020, and I noticed that 34 cities had uh, violent outburst. And of course the media was uh, there to go, no, 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 it's mostly peaceful. They even come up with a statistic. They said Ninety-three percent of these things were to uh, these uh, protests were uh, were t totally peaceful. 
acknowledging that the other 7% were violent <laughs> and burning down businesses. Uh, and then, of course, our law enforcement did nothing. And the federal law enforcement did absolutely nothing. And that was under Bill Barr. So just pointing that out. And um, so speaking of Bill Barr, we're going to move on to our next review topic. Uh, so Ghislaine Maxwell was found guilty of five or six charges. Meanwhile, uh, the guards that were on watch on Epstein uh, during the same time frame, they silently or qu uh, quietly dropped the, the charges against them. Uh, they had uh, worked out some kind of deal. And just as it, just as her guilty plea, or not guilty plea, her guilt was established, they dropped the any the situation against two guards that uh, decided to flake on the, uh, the night that Epstein, or not at night, but the morning that Epstein went night-night. Uh, that was August 10th of uh, 2019. And honestly, that's kind of when this, uh, this whole uh, master plan kind of kicked off. So BlackRock was writing up their going direct plan. The Ukrainian, the Ukrainian hustle was going on or getting ready to go on with the impeachment. And uh, uh, China already was well aware that they had, uh, had an issue or certainly was working on an issue regarding uh, um, the existence of a, a flu virus. And they had uh, just spurned uh, the Trump administration on their trade deal. So there was a whole list of things going. There's always things going on every day of the week, every moment and second around the world. And there's people that are using using those, doing that to create planning and whatnot. So as it turns out, so they found her guilty. Uh, so we're going to see what's going to happen out of that. How much, how many years she'll get, or whatever will come out of that. Maybe she's uh, since she's been found guilty, what is she going to do next? They obviously are going to appeal it, but whatever. Um, the reason why I bring up Bill Barr there is because Bill Barr's uh, father knew uh, Jeffrey Epstein really well. And as, of course, you know, uh, uh, actually knew him well enough that he uh, he appointed him as a, oh, a school teacher. At the, he was a headmaster at the school in like 1973. And the New York Times did an article about this. And uh, Epstein then later becomes this big, uh, big heavy about 15, 16 years later. He gets to know the Maxwells, uh, Lane's uh, father, Robert, who uh, worked for, uh, worked at least, they said, for MI6 and Mossad. And then Jeffrey Epstein has been uh, linked or connected to uh, the same um, intelligence apparatus. And it's amazing. You can see how many pictures of Ghislaine and, and um, uh, what do you call it, uh, Jeffrey, that happened to meet with uh, the Clintons while they were in office in the, in the 1990s. There was pictures taken of them uh, being there and, and a host of other people. How did he get so much access to the President of the United States at that time? I mean, did you ever get access to the President of the United States? So it's, uh, it's quite interesting that... Uh, um, Somebody like him, a, a, a basically from being a teacher at a private school and then later on work, supposedly working on Wall Street and getting to know the rub the shoulders and supposedly becoming this financial genius, which I've had nobody ever taught, tell me what he was a financial genius in, but whatever the case may be. So he gets to know Clinton. He's worth 
supposedly he's worth a half billion dollars, and he maintains the same half billion dollars throughout his lifetime, but it never grows, which is interesting. So, or is he just being, you know, funded? He may have gotten money from the Maxwells, and his lane was like his, uh, uh, what would you say, uh, uh, sidekick uh, or the, the manager, or, or obviously she worked with him, and then suddenly, you know, Epstein's profile is is just quite entertaining. But he's a part. He 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 rubs shoulders with all the movers and shakers, including Donald Trump at the time. And there's there's just a, a just a real interesting background there. And then with Maxwell, and you see him on their private plane. And we've seen the pictures of her rubbing his feet and sticking her tits right on top of his uh, foot, and all this other stuff. And they're you know, then they're located in New York, and they got an Epstein Island, and you got this uh, Florida connection, and then you got obviously Prince Andrew and all the girls that got imported in, and then you get the Alan Dershowitz angle with them. And uh, there's been an interview where Alan is uh, was uh, taking a task about the how uh, Jeffrey Epstein created the Clinton Foundation, or actually came up with the idea for the Clinton Foundation, and then of course the Clinton Foundation and involved in Haiti and gets funded from Bill Gates. He's gotten the the foundation and the the health initiative has gotten five hundred and fifty million dollars from Bill Gates. And then Bill Gates is friends with the uh, uh Jeffrey Epstein and they were kicking the tires on ideas and stuff like that. Then you get the transhumanism angle where uh uh Jeffrey Epstein is uh funding Ben Gertzel who uh happens to run uh uh what do you call it? Uh, different uh, out, outfits in particular, Open Cog, the Open Cog Foundation or Open Cog uh, Company, and he's involved with all this transhumanism, and he created Sophia. He's a key aspect of that, and of course we know Gates, and then Gates, and then you can connect them to Schwab, and and uh, Jeffrey Epstein had a foundation, and he was funding all these uh, pointy heads. From uh, Harvard, he had an office at Harvard. He was dealing with MIT and et cetera, et cetera. And Bill Barr, of course, uh, he happens to be the attorney general at the time when uh, Epstein goes night night. Now, who could have possibly arrange it so that all these uh, little uh, weird coincidences on the night that he went or the morning that he dies? And evidently, uh, Epstein, of course, he changes his. Uh, changes his um his will two days prior to him getting uh taken care of and so it so happens to put to a point or executor his backup executor it becomes is uh connected to uh his name is boros nikolov he was the chief science officer for bill gates and bill gates had hired away uh, people from uh epstein who worked for epstein um and he hired this one gal away from Epstein who winds up working for Gates and the foundation. So all these connections are going on. And nobody seems to really um, pursue these to their final conclusions. And it's all because, you know, they operate above the law. They can get away with stuff. And we, the the average Joe Schmuckalucks out here can't do any of that shit. You know, if you even so much as piss wrong, they're going to figure out a way to get you convicted. Uh, though they want to hold your uh, 
thing is, is it, it, it's an inverse relationship. The lower you are on the totem pole, the higher the standard you're held to. The higher that you are on the totem pole, the less of any standard you're ever held to. And just laying, you know, of course, for the people out there who say, well, they convicted her, they convicted her. They did it in a month. And we never, and they sealed the records. It's a cover-up. It's not a conviction. They don't give a shit. I mean, uh, who knows where they're shipping her to? Does she get a private? Who knows where they're, what they're going to do to her? And what, what if they magically find some way to, quote-unquote, undo the convictions or say they, it was a procedural issue? Because remember, at the very end, they said the judge made a made a offhand statement. Well, we need to wrap up this uh, situation real quickly because of Omicron. What if the defense uh, live, levies that to their advantage and says, uh, yeah, they rushed the juror, jurors to a decision? making and they cite some old ass case and then they throw out the conviction and she walks now that's possible i don't know if it's like i i'm not saying that's what's going to happen i'm just saying that that could happen that could happen or something else you know in other words she isn't gonna she isn't gonna tell on anybody uh but she's going to definitely leverage something to get what she wants i'm sure she's not going to try to do 40 years because she's like 60 years old already and she's going to be like Martha Stewart. She'll get out. She'll get out within a couple of years at most. Now, I'm not saying that, you know, that's going to happen, but we'll find out. So moving on, I was thinking about going down the, the vaccine mandates. The biggest thing with Biden is that the SCOTUS is going to review that based upon the, the, the OSHA standard because they said a, a court date or court the SCOTUS is going to review uh, the 5th and 6th districts, and they're going to go through that whole process there, and we're going to find out what's going to come out of it. Should be uh, should be telling as to whether our SCOTUS is completely, completely compromised and we can forget about uh, ever relying on them again, which I'm, I'm on that camp. I don't think that they're reliable about anything because they didn't review the election accordingly, but some would uh, work against that idea. But before we do that, since I've been on this for quite a bit, I'm going to play a musical interlude, and uh, I'll be back with you in a second.
Sorry there if there was a little a little interruption there. I found out, yep, closing these tabs on Brave does not work. <laughs> so our next item up for bid is unfortunately Afghanistan. So $85 billion fiasco, 13 dead U.S. soldiers, and Biden will never be held to any account. Um, he gave up. Um, he did everything you could possibly do wrong to, to withdraw from a situation we should have withdrawn from a decade ago or 20 years ago. Kind of uh, kind of coincides with uh, the Coldplay song. So Coldplay, that song was from, I think, 2000 or 2001. So it's amazing how long ago that was. What kind of different pop where we were as people. But, uh, yes, 9-11 uh, was a... Uh, I think uh, ostensibly somewhat of a operation and I'm not going to go any further than that. I know there's many people out there who who scoff at that idea, but there was way too much precursory uh, information and circumstances that could have very well made us aware of that situation and it should have never happened. Thereafter, though, it was exploited by all, like all politicians do, the bad idea of the Patriot Act. So your rights have been being eroded for many, many, many years. Not just from the Patriot Act, but before that. For all the people out there, no matter what color, creed, uh, orientation you are, in terms of how you, you've been exploited and used to get what they want, and they always use it in one direction, which is more power for them, less power for you. And, of course, there are people that say, well, I'm going to change the system and I'm going to make it better. And we'll get into that later. Uh, so, anyway, Afghanistan's a shit show. Uh, and uh, now the Chinese have taken over Bagram Air, Air, Air Base. And, uh, yeah, the United States has uh, weakened itself significantly. You notice how little, the <laughs> little pushback you're going to get there on that idea. And ever since that particular point I think most Americans have realized what well, uh, Americans don't like to be losers and Biden is a loser he always has been a loser he always will be a loser he will go down in history by far as the very worst president in United States history and no matter what your political affiliation Trump will be far above him in terms of everything he he tried to accomplish in relationship now Trump has Horrible, horrible, stupid ideas when it comes to vaccination. And I want to make that abundantly clear. He's a moron in that topic. Um, he's certainly a moron on the statistical analysis there. But if we left that aside, and if things had worked the way, um, let's just say, the way the political process should have worked, and the way people should have been supportive of him instead. But I understand many people out there that, think Trump is a abuser and thinks that he was uh, doing the same thing that Jeffrey Epstein has. I've seen those ideas. I've seen the cases. I've actually seen the case that filed against him and I've seen the cases be closed against him. So do I know that those things weren't being used for political leverage? Who the hell knows? Uh, because many times that's what's being done. See, that's the problem with most of this situation. Getting at the truth is very, very difficult. 
And the people that do this stuff, the mendacity of the people, the evil that is involved in our political process, and the people that exploit these, the people who have attained power, like the Clintons and the Bushes, they're willing to do anything to keep that power, and they're willing to do anything to destroy other people who get in their way. They step on you like they're toilet bugs. They don't care about nothing but themselves. They're evil people, and you should start to realize that. It isn't even left and right. It's just globalist fuckwits at the top versus all the rest of us. They don't care about anything. I've made that abundantly clear. So moving on. So the Cold War had, or the hot war by spring. Uh, there are some people who feel that we're probably heading towards some kind of confrontation. And I kind of concur with that idea. because. Between the energy tree prices, the food prices, the, the the positioning of Russia in Ukraine. I keep on having my screensaver come on. Uh, the positioning of the Russians in Ukraine and China's continued uh, talk and, uh, would you say, bellicose uh, type of war stance that they are taking with their, uh, their uh, verbal um, diarrhea that comes out of their leaders' mouths and their... Uh, propagandist and just just uh, the way uh, other people are responding like I didn't mention or I could mention so like Teddy Cruz evidently he made like some kind of secret deal recently where he whereby he was allowing gonna allow Biden to install in his puppets his uh, stupid uh, uh, appointees if uh, um if, for example, we could, uh, Ted Cruz made some kind of deal about LNG being shipped to Europe uh, through his, uh, uh, obviously, the donor base that uh, controls his ass, because he's in Texas, and of course we know what's in Texas, amongst other places, but in Louisiana also, which also ties back into Hunter Biden's laptop, which uh, became a hot story. So on Hunter Biden's laptop, there was a presentation that was regarding energy in particular LNG. And they were looking at a project called Monkey Island. And the idea was, is they were trying to leverage and exploit that idea because they wanted to make money, like always. Um, the Bidens are all about getting um, uh, you getting their 10% from all these deals. And uh, of course, Joseph Biden would love to, this was from, this was on Hunter Biden's laptop from late 2017. And lo and behold, four years later, you know, almost like the administration, who now, now that his daddy's in charge, and uh, of course Hunter's making artwork, and we find out about how he loves to make videos with his uh, his hookers and everything, and do meth, and and just all kinds of crappy behavior that you know, you know, it's okay for the ones that are crying about all the things that Trump Trump did or didn't do. We have evidence of what Hunter did, and yet none of you give a damn if he gets arrested. So rules for the elite. Everybody else just gets uh, sucked into the, the diarrhea of uh, blaming the other side for their problems and instances instead of realizing who the real enemies of this entire country are or entire world are. Anywho, uh, the the point is, is with Teddy Cruz, uh, he sold out. You know, to get his, obviously, you know, keep his uh, masters happy. 
you know, be be the good little boy that he is. And of course, you know, he probably's going to get his kickback or something along that lines. And certainly doesn't get good, won't get any uh, bad ads run against him by the oil tyrants. Teddy Cruz cut off oil or cut off natural gas shipments to Europe, whom they were about ready to be taken or taken over by the Russian bear. You know, that'll be some. That'll be the kind of the 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 ad placement that the the powers that be there will do. But the problem is, is by doing this kind of thing, all you are is poking the Russian bear, because uh, yeah, yeah, they're doing it to them. Are they're doing it to Europe already? But Europe has its own problem. Europe did this to themselves by uh, cutting off their energy self sufficiency by shutting down their nuclear power reactors in Germany uh, by putting in their cockamamie schemes in Spain, as a friend of mine has told me, with their socialist policy. Socialism sucks. Socialism kills. All these dumbasses who are all climate climate whores, who are just using climate change to exploit all you people. They're exploiting all of us. Like you can control Mother Nature. You know what the biggest problem with climate? The sun. You can't control that fucker. I, I, I hate to use that language, but hell, that's the truth. You can't control that. All this uh, thing on this earth. The reason why we have such problems on this earth is because we don't do things that are smart. We have people that are uh, creating middleman problems. I call them middleman problems. So they complicate a process that could be probably done better, streamlined, more efficient, and probably could improve the environmental uh, aspects of uh, operation. But instead, what they do is they create another linkage, another station, another go-between. Why? It's a money hustle. Say, if I create a new process that or an additive, for example, with diesel, uh, somebody brought that up in particular. So there's some uh, uh, environmentalists freak out and they said, oh, we need to do this, so we need to cut down on emissions on diesels or whatever so they created an additive so the additive of course you have to create a new new process you have to create a new uh a new uh you know whole little little money hustle and then you charge for it and then you take a certain cut and percentage from that see the middleman has always been the problem the same way with interest the same way with banks that's why usury is such a big deal that's why people get very upset about certain people that are involved in that particular concept. And, of course, they uh, obviously they take one aspect, the idea of usury, and they take it and make it into a personal attack, which is what, you know, people people are very, um, very simple at, at certain levels. Uh, they obviously link the two things together. Not that that's necessarily the, the best way to go about it, you should argue the point of contention, which is, yeah, no one should pay high. At, I mean, remember, we're still paying, you know, 14, 15, 20 percent uh, interest on credit card debt. <laughs> Meanwhile, the banks are getting their money for zero percent uh, or 0.25, whatever the Fed window is. Um, that's another story. But nevertheless, that, that Teddy Cruz is uh, another one of these people who talked a good game but didn't hold the line, and now you're going to get a bunch of. All these, uh, they put all the, he's, he just gave up and now you're going to have all these apparatchiks being put into place in the Biden administration, which we're already going in anyways. Uh, we just got rid, we just stopped one commie from being pointed at 
at the uh, pointed over money and whatnot. I mean, an actual communist. This lady was an actual communist. I don't remember her name, but it's not important. At least not anymore. Uh, God, there's just so many stories to go through. And I don't want to belabor the point of some of the other stuff. So, we know about COVID. We know about the Fauci emails. About his working on the Beagles. Uh, and his connections to Gates and Dazik and the Bat Lady. Uh, Xi Jinping and Ralph Barrick and... Uh, Recently, Charles Lieber, who worked at Harvard, uh, got convicted. He was working with two CCP spies, including one who was uh, actually an officer in the PLA. Um, he finally got convicted. Uh, these people are just, they, they've been working us all, all over the place. Dazek got appointed to some commission out in New York. They're, they're, they're not being held accountable for all the damage they've done. They've done enormous damage. They probably, who knows how. How many lives they've impacted? How many trillions of dollars they've uh, uh, caused and damages? Fauci is a pure sociopath. He doesn't care one iota. He's been doing this forever. I, 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 it boggles the mind. Of course, many of the gay community no longer exist from the 1980s, evidently. All the ones who railed against him and thought he was an evil person, where are they? Why aren't they speaking up? I mean, why why aren't they rallying and protesting his ass? The ones that live to be 60 and 65 years old or 50 and 55 years old. Anybody who existed in 1980 who who had a, uh, who wound up uh, having some kind of friendship or family member who died of AIDS or whatnot. Where are all these people? Don't they know? Or they uh, they probably don't. The media likes to hu has hustled has been hustling that too. But there were many that spoke out against Fauci, criticized his use of AZT, his, uh, his, uh, the, the money hustle and the therapeutics that they put together, the, the med schedule that probably wound up killing more people than it, than, uh, than it saved at that time. And that was a money hustle too. That was a money hustle on a quote unquote small scale compared to what they're doing now. They use COVID as a coup to take over the United States of America. And it has been taken over by these medical fuckwits and everybody in D.C. who have gone along with this and printed more money. You notice how quickly Congress suddenly could find trillions of dollars to spend on all kinds of stupid shit. But be damned if they ever spend it on asset, you know. You think of, for all the libtards out there that were complaining about infrastructure plan, and now they're talking about, ooh, well, we got Build Back Better. You know how many trillions of dollars has been spent throughout this crisis? You spent $2.1 trillion, I think, in uh, March of 2020. Then you had like $1.9 trillion in December. Now, some of those were ongoing circumstances, but you know how little money they kicked to you? Very little. They All that money went to corporations and creating new new policy and new institutions and all this other garbage that didn't go to anything that builds anything. It's wasteful spending. It's all certain policymakers do. And it isn't just Democrats. It's all Republicans are signed on to this shit, too. It was a bipartisan free-for-all to spend money or grab at money from all over angles. And then they did it the same way this year, earlier uh, this year. And then and now they're doing this whole, it, they're just wasting, wasting our resources. They exploit us. They refuse to do anything worthwhile for the American people. They hate us so much. They hate, they despise anybody who tells them the truth. 
about themselves. You talk about narcissism. These people are off the scale with their narcissism. They don't care about anybody but themselves. They don't care about you. They money hustle you. And like I said, they, you know, the only time they ever want to talk to you is when it comes to time for election. Then they come around and they got their hat in hand. They say, oh, I'll do better for you this time. I promised I'll, uh, the one thing politicians should never do is that promise you shit. If they promise you anything, they're lying to you. They don't know what they're going to get. They don't know what they can achieve. They should tell you what their they should tell you what their stances are or policy are, and, and and stick to those stances. Or if they change their stances, they should definitely come back to your district and tell you why they're changing their stances or what they found out about the the situation or circumstance. But usually they don't. They, <laughs> they didn't even start with an investigatory series of what was going on there to begin with. They just take a they just take what's the easiest stance available to them so they'll get elected. Uh, they don't tell you the truth. Be damned if they'll tell you the truth because the truth sucks. They know the truth sucks. People don't want to hear the truth. People have been so propagandized to throughout their lifetime, and they they love to get to the youth. That's why they always want to lower the voting age and try to manipulate and propagandize and scare the shit out of them and tell them that the world world is going to end in twelve years. You know, oh the ki- if we don't do something now, the world's going to end. How do you know what the world's going to do? I mean, they're worse than the fucking, they're worse than the Christians, for Christ's sakes. Remember, you know, the end times are here. The end times are here. Well, yeah, you're right. The end times are here because you're fighting against a group of people that want to hurt everybody on this planet. They don't care about any of them. They don't, they're, I mean, every, the reason why I say that is because everything they've done over the past 22 months has been to get more power and to ruin your life, and to stabilize things, and stress you out, and take away your rights, and lock you down, and divide and conquer you. Now, puzzle this out. Really start thinking about this if you're out there, and you listen to this, and you're not aware of this. Why would you do any of this stuff, unless you have one overriding, overarching goal, which is to control everything from the top, and don't give a damn about the people? When you don't give a damn about the people, having less of them is a a reasonable goal of yours if you're in that kind of position. You wouldn't want more of them. You want less of them. The less that you have to control, the easier you can do it. But they also are going to get excitement and entertainment, and they get greed. They want revenge. They want revenge against anybody who's ever questioned their authority. They want revenge against anybody who's ever stood up to them and told them you're they're evil uh they want revenge against people who told on them and snitched on them and said you know you're you know who may have came out and uh mentioned that they were involved with x y or z no matter whatever x y or z was um that's a, that's the kind of people you're dealing with i've come to realize that sociopathy or psycho psychopathy um obviously they enjoy power. They enjoy um, excitement. And one of the exciting things is to have uh, this thirst for power or the ability to hurt others um, through any means necessary. One of the best means, they like to use go-betweens. So they make a policy. They know it's going to hurt people. They find some functionary idiot that's a, a technocrat 
who uh, doesn't have those stones to stand up to him and say, I'm not going to issue this statement. You can go fuck off and, and, and challenge them. The only way you can deal with these people, you have to challenge them. And if they say, oh, well, I'm going to fire you, you say, good, fire me. Walk away. Here's what you're supposed to say. say I'm not going to do your, do your bidding for you. Uh, you, you know, and they'll say, well, I can always get you replaced. And the thing is, is if everybody started doing that, they walk away from the very top. If they had any moral compass, they would do that. And then the person below them would question, why do I want to be like that guy? And then they would walk away. And immediately, once you start seeing that uh, all these people walk away, people would start to realize that the guy who just must have must have said something that got these people all thinking that they shouldn't be following this dude. And that power goes away. Then everybody will stand up. But of course... We don't have any people that have any morals anymore. They they've given up on morality. They said, "Fuck it, I don't want to. I don't want to be moral." And I hate to throw around the cuss words like this all the time, but it's where where we're at. Uh, <laughs> it's hard to it's hard to be like a you know uh, what what used to be used by the neocons, the compassionate conservative, or or uh, <laughs> some other. A cockamamie, you know, I don't want to be a propagandist. I'm just going to say what's on my mind. Uh, I mean, people will say, you know, this way, we all have our point of view. And granted, it's going to be instilled by hopefully facts and and antidotes and hopefully some hard evidence and stuff like that. And you build that foundation. Uh, And of course, moral compass can come from, you would say, you know, a uh, strong or at least an understanding a basic premise of the bible um you can even you can narrow that down make it the commandments some people like to extrapolate to a whole host of other things there and of course that serves their argument if they're uh, of a person who wants to exploit people you know but there are some basic tenets that we built this society on there's a reason why we do certain things there's a certain reason why we have laws the way we do and and that's the premise that we are operate from. It's just so it's so frustrating that we have so many people that are unwilling, or certainly have shown that they're more interested in their political power than they ever will be in anything else. There's a reason why Fauci, the Fauci's of the world exist for fifty years in government, or fifty two years, or however long it's been there now. Um, and it's 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 abundantly clear that we have. Uh, we refuse to uh, 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 to stand up to these people and get them out of those positions. And of course, now that's the reason why you have the feckless thug that is Joe Biden. He doesn't care about anybody. He never has. He's he's been a power whore all his life. He's been a liar, a cheat, a plagiarist, everything amongst the South. He sold out his country. Who knows how many times? I don't. I don't, I don't think he just sold it out to China. He's probably sold the South to Ukraine and probably half the nations on the on the planet they know it that's why they're willing to do the things they're willing to do against him while he's president i mean of course he's a doddering old fool and demented probably and you see the way he walks and you see the way he talks and he can barely make a speech and and last for 15 minutes at any given time he's just he's irrelevant and they know it he's the perfect fool for the globalists there's a reason why uh the the aggressions are being uh, played out. There's a reason why you have people that are coming out of the shadows and saying, ooh, we can get away with this now. Of course. 
it's not and, and granted you know um <laughs> there's people out there who say well this is this is a uh indicative of what the u.s imperialist uh situation is not yeah it's just not biden i mean obviously it's an extension of the policies of all the administrations or all the administrative prior uh, administrative state prior to him with the you know through biden uh through like i said obama and clinton and bush and the precipice of uh 9-11 is an indicative indicator of where where we've been going for the last 20 years um not saying prior to that that wasn't uh, problems and circumstances but after the fall of uh of uh, the ussr uh there was an opportunity to be had not from a neocon or neoliberal perspective there was an opportunity for america to work on itself and become a better nation so that everybody so yeah this nation could we could very easily support 350 million people and all of us be productive and happy that is very achievable we could have uh, managed our resources correctly we could have built great infrastructure we could have rebuilt and reinvested in ourselves we could have established a uh, a first class system but you know what happened the globalists are always greedy they always want to look for they were looking to undermine this country they didn't think <laughs> think about it you they they said oh we need to help china why did you need to help china china was your enemy china has always been our enemy and i say always i mean literally always they don't care i mean the ccp exists to as a communist nation they are your enemy just as well as the ussr was and when i say your enemy they are an enemy to freedom they subjugate their people why would you want to be like them oh we can we can we can if we give them capitalism they'll make them better they know what capitalism is they're, that's why they're communists <laughs> they, they, they they hate capitalism but they know they, they know they know money they know power they know where it comes from they but they know they but they believe more in a top down hierarchical structure where a very they already had an elitist class then believe me the people at the very top of their system weren't suffering all the people under them are suffering and so why would you want to model them why would you want to take why would you think that you could your all they wanted to do is exploit cheap labor that's what it boiled down to it always but exploit cheap labor and undermine, undercut uh, uh, people in America. Well, we have so much we should we should share with the world. If they want to, if, if China wanted to become a first class nation, the people should rise up against their their masters and take them over. In other words, yeah, they're going to have to do the hardest thing imaginable. They're going to have to literally take over their government and install a new system but they don't want to do that they never have i hate the, the as steve bannon which i could have gone down the lao Beijing or whatever he, as he points out if they were really uh, yeah they're being used and suckered and hust, uh, huckstered just like we are but they're they're even in uh, they they've allowed this to happen over thousands and thousands of years you know we are a young young um, democracy democratic republic in relationship to them obviously and that's why we're that's why we're feared and why we're hated because we're considered an upstart we're we're not considered worthy to be the leaders of the world according to china really that's what they think that's what their people think 
yet they come over here to get educated. That should tell you something. We had a largesse of intellectual power, military power, financial power, um, uh, agricultural resources, manufacturing power. At the end of World War II, we could have in probably within six months, we could have taken over the entire world and nobody could have stopped us. That is an ultimate truth. And anyone who thinks otherwise is sorely, sorely misinformed. We had the most powerful Navy. We had, our Navy was so powerful at the end of World War II after we bombed. And that's even leaving aside the fact we had the atomic bomb. Uh, I mean, that was a, that would have been a factor, but it wasn't, that wasn't a key factor at that point. We had such a powerful Navy, armed forces, the whole kit and caboodle. But our Navy was the master of the seas. Our Navy was larger than all the navies put together on the face of the earth at that point. We could have absolutely wrecked the British Empire if we wanted to. We could have said, okay, we'll take over Australia. We could. We took over Japan. We took over Germany. We could have took it over. I mean, if, 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 our, our, if our point was world domination, we could have had it. Russia would have been no match for us. We would have destroyed them. They, they, they may think they may have had more people, but we had more arms, military, and we would have just, you could have just bombarded them day and night. They would have been over with. Uh, and I, and that, that isn't that. And somebody will say, well, that's just, you know, you're, that's just showing your authoritarian, imperialistic. Uh, no, I'm just saying if that was the case, I'm not saying that should have been the case. But if, if, if we had decided to use our military might that way, no one could have stopped us on any continent, anywhere. The entire forces of the entire world could have stood against us and we would have smashed them to pieces. And they know that. And that scared the shit out of them. They, that's why the atomic bomb scared the shit out of them. And so ever since that point, you know, the United Nations. But we compromised. We collaborated. But the thing is, is the people that stood against us, the socialists and the communists, they were like, they were, they're scared. Collectivists are always very scared and fearful of all, anything that is better than they are. And they know that the idea of, of uh, cooperation and freedom and people's freedom is a scary thing for them because then they can't control them. Collectivists are control freaks. They always have been and they always will be. People don't want to see, don't want to, they don't want to figure that out, but that's the truth. And what, and why are, uh, I mean, here's another little insight. Why are many women are, uh, are socialists? Why are many women on the left? Because they're fearful. They're afraid. They will give up all their security uh, to get, you know, get something. And they, they'll give up all their, they, they will, they will do that because they think that that's the only way they can survive. So that's why they run to big daddy government. That's why they love government. They love government. They love the most powerful force available to them. That's why they love to install themselves in government. They like to be the funda, uh, functionaries in government. They like to spy on things. I'm not, I'm not blaming them. I'm just pointing out a, lo- a little, little, you know, reality that you can see. Can see it in how <laughs> go look at government offices. Look who's uh, populating them. Pay attention to what's going on there. Now, granted, there's always usually men in charge or whatever, 
I grant you that. Um, they rise to the level, a lot of them rise to the level of their incompetency. Governments are notorious for being incompetent. That's the reason why you have dumb ideas about price controls and whatnot. I mean, Richard Nixon was, he worked on price controls back in the 1940s. And of course, right after World War II, there was a huge price shortage problem <laughs> or price uh, pricing inflation situation problem. There were strikes. There were all kinds of shit going on. Uh, yeah, because it was a massive, you, you, once you demilitarized and you had 10 million men come home, or however many, but it was like about 10 million American soldiers or people who worked in, in the military came home, then you had, you had a, a workforce issue, frictional employment and whatnot. So I went down the road there a little bit. Um, uh, we'll play a little musical interlude and then I'll come back and talk about my uh, 2020 resolution. Congress shall make no law respecting establishment of religion or prohibit, uh, prohibiting the free exercise thereof, or abridging the freedom of speech, or of the press, or the right of the people peaceably to assemble and to petition their government for a redress of grievances. That's Amendment 1 to the U.S. Uh, Bill of Rights. I could go through all the rest, and I probably will. So my 2022 resolution... Um, and I've been thinking about it, but now I, it's about, uh, I'm in the planning stage. I'm, I'm going to start planning on this, amongst other things. Um, I have to do some things that are actually not something I wanted to do, but I'm going to have to do. And I'm announcing it here. Um, and it's not something I'm proud of, but uh, over the last, uh, well, last couple of years, uh, like anything else, the, the pandemic is, uh, or the plandemic has impacted myself, my finances, and everybody else's finances. There's people out there that have lost their entire businesses in their home, and some have uh, committed suicide and uh, suffered through, obviously, uh, uh, being uh, going into uh, health care facilities or hospitals and not coming out ever again uh, due to, I would say, gross negligence on the part of the medical establishment which they will never uh, cop to or admit to but yet they did because they didn't uh, they want a, a cause many of these people to wait too long uh, they said don't come in and then they wait until they got to the crisis phase of the disease progression 
and then by then, then they put them on ventilators and remdesivir and other non-helpful uh, situations, or they prescribed, uh, or they would, uh, they even tested out hydroxychloroquine at four times the dosage rate at late stage. But they also forgot to introduce zinc into the situation, which zinc, uh, according to a 2010 study, zinc, uh, uh, zinc ionospore, they knew that that would, uh, they, they even used uh, zinc ionospores to, uh, to undermine the progression of HIV. So they've known about this for a very long time, and yet they won't use these treatments. And why is that? Because it undercuts the pharmaceutical industry. Um, others in the field or expertise level have written books on this, uh, full-length books, who work for, you know, some of them are employed at heart. I saw somebody posted a, a book that was written from 2004 by a Harvard Medical uh, School uh, doctor, I think, I can't remember the name of it, the doctor's name. Anyway, be that as it may, what what I'm getting at is, uh, yeah, everybody's had to deal with the the, uh, the fallout. Uh, I was working as an industrial engineering contractor as of, as late as uh, June of 2019, and I finished up a contract, or, or basically I uh, decided to, uh, to depart from the contract because after nine months, uh, the company was going in a different direction. They'd hire, they had, had massive management turnover. Uh, they really just didn't have a good, um, they didn't have a good, uh, grasp of what they were trying to do next. And they, their, their technology was behind some of their competitors. They just got bought out by a competitor. And, um, They'd gone through a couple iterations while I was there, and I was only there nine months, and I just didn't see any long-term. I, I decided that it wasn't in my best interest, and that's what happens. The contract was supposed to be for six months, and I was there for nine months, so it wasn't like, I know some people say, well, you know, you know, a job is a job. You should just stick with it, but I wasn't making any headway, and I also, and here's a, here's a stark reality. In 2019, I just you know, I was coming up on 47 years old. I look at it as my life can't be tied to just, you know, doing what, you know, an employer says and does. There's a reason why I wanted to be a contractor was to do work on pro. I wanted to work for people who have a problem, want somebody to come in and do an analysis, offer options for solving the problem, work the options to get to some kind of resolution, and then be happy with the results of that and then move on. That problem can be something that takes three months, could take six months, could take a year. But the thing is, is I don't, I honestly, I don't think any problem should be more than that. Uh, if it's longer than that, I, I would rather set up the planning phase and then hand it off to somebody who wants to carry out the execution of whatever and or was involved with the planning of the, the execution. And that should be good enough. In other words, uh, it's not that I just want to analyze the problem and not provide or try to look for the solution. It's just that I realize that people, they, they, it's soon in every corporation, you find out that there's politics involved. You find out that there's plant managers and finance people and there's engineering managers and everybody's got their own perspective on this stuff. It's hard to get these people on the same page. And if you're an IE, and I, I will not say that I'm an expert, I'm not a superstar. You know, and somebody will say, well, yeah, we can, obviously you aren't. 
because uh, you haven't worked for somebody for 20 years. I've worked for a Fortune 500 company. I've worked for a Fortune 50 company. Uh, that being said, what what good does it do? Uh, I mean, I've worked <laughs> I've worked for them two, three, or four years, and I've also not worked for those type of people. I've worked for smaller outfits. I've worked actually independent for you know. I spent seven years working totally independent as an independent contractor. And then in the last uh, three or four years, I did the same. That's just laying out my background. There's other parts of my background that are not so, uh, what would you say, illustrious or important or uh, well, when I say important, uh, would not be uh, uh, well suited to um, to what I'm planning on doing. But be that actually in some respects, they are well suited, but, you know, People won't see it that way because they have to think uh, more than one level down. So I decided I wanted to go back into writing. Uh, I'd written, I published a book in 2014 regarding baseball history. Uh, it was the first volume, and I actually have a second volume in the can, but uh, I'd have to refresh it and go back, and I didn't want to do that anymore. Um I set up my uh, an LLC in 2010 called uh, DCF Press or Deep Centerfield Press. The idea was I was going to work on sports publications and I was going to do analysis and I was going to write up the history and and I wanted it to be more than just baseball, but baseball was my keen asset, obviously based upon the name. Um, and I was interested in, at that time in sabermetrics and a whole host of things and historical background and research and looking at players and telling their stories and uh, putting it in the constant context of American history because there's a long um, mutuality of threads there that weave together and it's informed my perspective on the game and how I felt about it. However, around 2016, 2017, my focus, at least personally, uh, started to change. Now, unlike most people, I i mean, there's been times when I've been politically active in my life, and there's been times in my life when I didn't care about politics at all. And, that, you know, that ebbs and flows. When I say politics, it, it, politics is a dirty word, and that's the reason why nobody likes to talk about it. They always say, don't talk about politics or religion, because they're usually argumentative, and uh, people feel very, belief systems are very hard to talk to, because everybody you know, argues from positions of emotions, some argue from positions of logic, uh, some people, you know, argue from, you know, it's their, it's ingrained in their, embedded in their, uh, their lifestyle, or embedded in their family's history, you know, there's a whole host of reasons why certain things are considered taboo. That being said, the one thing should be, is that we should all be patriotic towards our country, but, Many times that's, uh, you know, anymore that's becoming a dirty word or being used as a dirty word, especially by, of course, our, our corporate bot-known me media that hates the people, that they hate the people, the inhabitants of their own of the country. What it is is really they just hate people they used to grow up around, and now they despise the shit out of them because they live in New York City and L.A. and Washington, D.C. and all these big metropolitan areas. And because they got a platform, and because they feel threatened by people like independent content creators, they feel threatened by them because they know those people are doing real, uh, real journalism, and real analysis, and they're just up there 
uh, parroting a bunch of globalist talking points and um, whether you want to believe in the CIA mo mockingbird media, uh, they, they, that's all they do. They parrot each other. Well, I just played a clip at the beginning of this broadcast showing how much they parrot about death, 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 Omicron this, Omicron that. You know, that shows that, that, that type of a whole host of uh, responses that always take place. And the reason why I'm going through this is it kind of informs where I'm going with this. So, uh, first of all, the bad news, the bad news in my life is that I'm going to file bankruptcy. Um, this is my second time doing this. The other time was in late 1997. Um, I'd just gotten out of college about a year prior to that. I got myself financially over a barrel. Um, I wasn't in a good place uh, mentally then either because I, I was an alcoholic. I'd been drinking a lot. I, so I'm laying out my problems. So this was in 1997, 1998. I was uh, 24, 25 years old. And I'm not using that as the crutch or excuse, but it is where I was at. Um, I, uh, you know, that's uh, that's the danger of of uh, <laughs> trying to grow up. Um, that year, 1997, I got some horrible, well, bad news, I guess you could say. But actually, it was just a uh, echo from the past that came about. My father had been released from prison. And, uh, yes, he went to prison in 1998. So, um, after nine years, and he was in Fort Leavenworth, for those of you who don't understand prison. So, he was in the military wing, uh, was convicted. So, he got sent to Fort Leavenworth. So, in 1997, he got released, and I was asked or requested if I'd like to attend his birthday party. And I had thought about all the birthdays that I had uh, grown up without a father. Um, you know, 1998 wasn't like the first year. You know, he, he'd been out of my life since 1983. I mean, my mom and me had moved to Northwest Indiana. And, you know, and I was 11 then. So the idea of me being interested in anything this guy had to say or being around him, and I'd heard all... I'd gotten letters from him, et cetera, et cetera. The point being is, is uh, yeah, that year was rough for me, and I wound up in bankruptcy. My car got repossessed on Christmas Eve of 1997, and from that repossession, I, uh, you know, <laughs> I wound up joining the United States Navy. So uh, be that, uh, you know, that I turned the page and joined the chapter because of some other things that were going on with my other, with my mom and my aunt at the time. My aunt in particular, my mom was, didn't do a good job defending me, but I can understand where that came from. But uh, anyway, point is of this is that you know, now I'm on my own. My mom's gone. Uh, this is all on me, the bankruptcy. Um, you know, I went through a process of trying to hang in there. I tried to uh, take some odd jobs. I was looking to get back into my industrial engineering contract uh, gigs there was always barriers to that usually being located out of state or the you know just uh, mandates masking vaccination in the in the in the later period of this uh, situation and I was like I wasn't going to do those things I didn't even, I mean I just 
I never bought into this. And then I started writing about I, the more I researched and wrote and the more I, I actually made, uh, made it clear to the people that were contacting me and the jobs that I was applying to. Plus, I wasn't getting very far with applying to many jobs. Uh, there was no local uh, opportunities that were coming about. So anyway, I took some odd jobs. I worked at Amazon, believe it or not, for about a month until they started throwing masks on people. And then I said, I'm not going to work here for that. I, I took a stand. That was early on in the pan, uh, pandemic. That was in April of 2020. Or it was actually, I started there in Mar late March and worked through basically to the end of April. And about two weeks, about two weeks afterwards, they start. Two weeks after the start, we suddenly had masks and they were taking our temperature and they were uh, keeping us six feet apart and doing all this other happy horseshit that was doing nothing to stop anything. But nevertheless, they thought it was doing something. They were going through the motions and it didn't have any impact whatsoever. I'm sure nobody from that facility passed away due to nobody, nobody, <laughs> nobody was protected by any of this shit. Anywho. So, you know, I started after that and I went into the writing process and I started doing research and writing and I had a little bit of, uh, and I didn't have a whole lot of financial wherewithal then, but then I made the, made those choices. And of course, after time and time again and being let down and then I just started writing down the credit, using my credit train. I had, you know, I wasn't overdrawn at that point, but then of course that's what happens. And then I started, you know, so anyway, that's where I'm at. And that's the bad news. Um, I'm going to try to work on that the next couple of days as we go into the New Year's. And I'll probably file in the first week of uh, January. Um, on the other side of this, and, and of course, this will be the thing that will uh, trigger some people. They'll be say, how can you possibly think you're capable of doing anything for anybody when you're, you know, you just filed bankruptcy? And, and they would have a fair point. I would point out, yeah, you're right. You're probably absolutely right. But then again, you. Um, so I'm going to investigate and or try to figure out a way to run for a U.S. representative. Um, because the guy who represents our district, Jim Baird, Baird, I don't know how you pronounce his last name. I really don't care. I've never seen this guy talk. I don't think he's probably very eloquent or whatever. He's a quiet little rhinocrat. In other words, so he was one of the co-sponsors of a bill regarding vaccines, a vaccination uh, database. He co-sponsored a bill back in March of 2021, and he also supports red flag laws. And there's probably many around this area that either don't know or don't care. He's a quiet guy. Uh, when I say quiet, he's not like one of the, he's not, uh, he's not like obviously the leadership, you know, he doesn't run his mouth too much. Uh, probably didn't have a lot to say. He's just some old fool who represents our district. So I have to decide whether or not I want to uh, come out as a Republican Party or independent or libertarian or somewhere along that lines. Independence, uh, there's some stipulations as far as getting signatures and whatnot, but I'm going to investigate how to get that accomplished and start running a candidacy of some sort. It's going to be no frills. I'm going to mainly uh, work on Lafayette, West Lafayette, and I'm going to be working at the UPS Parcel Service until either they decide to uh, downsize me because of 
you know, their volume drives their business and whether they keep people on or on. That's where I've been working at for the last uh, six weeks or so. So, yeah, I've worked in uh, distribution centers doing the, the nitty-gritty work, and you may say, oh, well, you haven't been doing it as much as I have, and you haven't worked in nitty-gritty. I go, I've worked all kinds of jobs in my life. I've worked too many positions, and, and many people say you've always been unhappy. Well, yeah, there is a certain amount of unhappiness because, you know, when you're um, – you know, highly capable in industrial. I mean, I managed to get an industrial engineering degree with barely going to college. When I say barely going to college, I didn't go to class very often. Many people would be stunned at how many classes I missed. And that was because of the resentment that had probably built up over my dad's conviction. My dad was a great, he he despised, he, he, uh, he was very, adamant about how he he felt about my grades when I was growing up. Uh, I used to get punished for that. And all that abuse and everything that he had put on me, and I'm over that. Don't, I'm not using him as the excuse. But in the interim, uh, going to college and after his uh, obvious conviction, I learned to just, I just detested trying to perform like a monkey for everybody else. So I, you know, took a half-ass approach to going through college. My mom allowed me and and obviously criticized me. We had our words. We started to have our frictional relationship when I obviously going into my teenage years, like most guys with their with their mothers. But uh, you know, I managed to work through that, and I managed to get a degree out of it. I even passed the engineering uh, in training exam is called the Fundamentals of Engineering exam. So I couldn't have been a total fool because I managed to pass a, a test that has about a 35 35% passage rate, at least at the time when I took it. I don't know if it's improved since then, and there's a lot more that's changed since then. I, at some point, I was, you know, in the idea of thinking I was going to uh, go on to be a professional engineer, licensed and whatnot, but it never came about. I never uh, found any mentor that was even worthy of that 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 uh, that uh, process and so on and so forth nevertheless i always felt like i had a, a little bit of talent and i could could manage to get through things and i thought that that was uh uh that was part of the perspective of doing things now there'll be plenty of people that have criticized me and would criticize me still and they be have a fair point to do that i just noticed that some of the people that we currently have in congress don't exactly strike me as the type of people you want to be running there. They certainly aren't patriotic. Be you know, given their bona fides. I mean, does anyone really think AOC has a lot of bona bona fides? Does anyone think Elon Musk has a lot of bona fides? I'm just gonna pick. I, I'm not just picking on those particular people. I mean, does anyone really think Mitch McConnell, other than the fact that he's uh, he's a uh, uh, strategic in terms of his exploitation of his position? Does anyone think he's patriotic towards the United States of America? Um, these people that represent us don't represent our values. They don't. They definitely don't represent any patriotism whatsoever. They represent themselves. Um, they're not interested in serving the country. They're not interested in anything else. Some people will say, "Well, now you're just you know you just want to do it because you you know you're you know you're in a weak position. You're not successful and everything else. You know." That's true. You, you, I, I, I grant you that. I'm, I'm a fair enough person to understand that uh, it would be very easy to do that. But we need somebody to do something. I mean, 
do you really think these people are going to do anything for you? I mean, uh, I could uh, <laughs> I could make the uh, the dumb argument and say, you know, what do you got to lose? You're not going to lose it. You're not going to lose anything more with me. You have a guy who's already telling you that he doesn't want you to have guns and he wants to make sure you're you're on a database for vaccine and make sure that you'll have vaccines forever today tracked by the United States government. Do you think he's got your best interests at heart? He co-sponsored the bill for Christ's sakes. He's he's part and parcel of the pro problem and he represents this particular area. So why shouldn't we challenge him? Why should why should he uh, represent your idea ideas out here unless you're a communist? I mean, if you're a communist, you probably love him. I mean, you probably double down and say, "Yay, I'm glad. I want more control. I want more authoritarianism. I want more government intervention in my life." You know, be damned if uh, we go there and you know make a bill. I mean, I would put a put a bill in front of Congress and say, "Yeah, we need to get rid of 90% of federal workers." I'd lay off 1.8 million workers in a heartbeat. I wouldn't even have. I wouldn't even. I wouldn't even bat an eyelash at doing that. There's two million federal employees, and 90% of them probably need to go. I'm not saying that because I think that's achievable, but even if we started with 10%, that'd be a pretty good start. And I'm not talking about just the people at the bottom. I'm talking about all the people at the top. I'd start top down. That's the way you always do it. You got to get rid of all the people at the top. I mean, the Fauci's of the world have to go. The FDA is a hustle. Their entire uh, board of uh, advisors is nothing but a bunch of pharma pharmaceutical shills. Uh, look at the CDC. You think Rochelle Rochelle Walensky was just hired away from some probably from some second rate college, and she's in, now she's the CDC head. All, the only reason why she's there because she looks like she has a pretty face and she knows how to read her lines well. That's it. That's really what she's there for. She's not there because she actually says anything that's med medically relevant. She she waffles and flip flops all the time, and then she you know obviously they all talked about oh this is the pandemic of the unvaccinated, you know they're pushing agenda. They're not pushing science. They're pushing an agenda. Do you want those people in charge of your ass? Do you want the Do you want more of that? I mean, if that's what you want, you're gonna get it. You're gonna get it. <laughs> so, in my estimation, based upon my writings, my podcasts, and all the things that I've tried to do over the last couple of years, I've presented my arguments. And yes, yeah, sometimes I get, you know, uh, a little loose with the mouth and and what I think about things. But hey, I mean, do you want someone who's passionate, or do you want somebody like a bard who just you know bury is like a mole and sticks his head in the ground and only pops it up when he you know thinks he's got got an exploitative i mean think about it i mean i've never seen this guy I mean, make an impassioned speech on the floor of the u.s house he never would he he would he's a he's a he's a go along to get along type of person as long as he's getting his money and uh whatever benefits he's getting on the side that i don't know about but i'm going to do an investigation on and find out who funds him who supported his candidacy where is he getting his money from i know he isn't one of the bigger ones but Think about it and put it in perspective. Uh, so AOC got fourteen million dollars for her federal elections campaign. Um, you can find out that I think at fec.gov. Uh, same with Nancy Pelosi; she got a lot of money. All these people get tons and tons of donations from all kinds. I mean, they get them from small-time people and they get them from big people. 
And which ones do you think they get? Uh, which one? Which donations do you think they pay attention to? They pay attention to the to the maximum donation allotted uh, based upon where they're getting it from, what company. I'm sure someone does an analysis and find out. Oh, they got a max 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 individual donation contribution, and then they got fifty of those from a certain company. That's the way they do it. You know, when Pfizer donates to their candidacy or through some third-party pack, they know how to work the system. No one's going to donate to any candidacy I put together. But I guarantee. I don't know what Jim Bart's uh, financial wherewithal is, and he may be a good he may be a good enough guy on on a certain level, but he is not. He's not a leader of any shape or form. He's certainly not going to ruffle any feathers. He's certainly not going to stand up for any of your rights. He's just going to go along to to make sure that, you know, he's going to manage the decline of the United States of America just like all the rest of the old-ass shills that don't care about you. Um, that's what they're good at. I mean, that's what they, they literally, they spend their, they, they rise to a certain level and they're happy to be at the level of their incompetency when they, and, you know, they uh, they hang out there at Congress. They got that on their resume now. And, uh, you know, what benefit has he served? Uh, I mean, I mean, the Lafayette area, they have a lot of industry. There's got Caterpillar. I've worked at many of the places that live here. I worked at uh, TRW. I worked at TRW in 2012. I worked there from 2014 through 2016 before I decided that I wanted to actually, at the time, <clears throat> at the time, and I still want to do this, as I wanted to create a private uh, healthcare model that would be uh, based upon the fact that you know there's a lot of malls and and uh, anchor store areas that you know when I say anchor store, so a mall has multiple anchor stores that used to be you know when you went into a mall, you knew where the Macy's were, you knew where the Sears was, you know where. Those places used to have bigger layouts and locations. Everybody knows what a mall is, and everybody knows that there were certain spots where they had a north. So my idea is that you would set up some kind of location where you would go there and get a full diagnostic. You'd go through some psychological evaluation. There'd be a a, a gym or a kinetic, what I call it, a kin kinesthetic or kin a place to uh, do your workouts. And then there would be a place to buy your nutritional supplements and uh, your uh, foodstuffs, and they'd be also a place where you could uh, uh, actually promote your uh, your benefits and what you've been doing and how you've been going about it. In other words, it becomes a one-stop shop for people to work on their metabolic issues and improve their health. Seems pretty basic, right? Not very hard. What What's one of the reasons why I did this is because at one point I was extremely overweight. Stress after my mom's death in 2011 caused me to uh, eat a lot, and, uh, dwell on that. Had to work through that because I loved my mom very much, just like everybody else loves their mom very much. Who had you know a good relationship or come to come to grips with the fact that that person brought you into this world and had to provide for you and um, had to oversee your baubles and mistakes and try to give you insight. My mother was one of the hardest working, if probably not the hardest working woman I've ever met in my life. And that's not just saying that because she's my mom. Anybody who knows my mom, anybody who ever watched her run a business for uh, 17 years in uh, Lowell, Indiana, a place called Neat Repeats. And um, she worked for a lady named Alice Van Ada. Um, yeah, 
I don't have to lie about her. She she worked her ass off. She worked at the Lowell Public Library cleaning it overnight. She held multiple jobs. Yeah, my mom was her, uh, what would you say, her motivation and work ethic was off the charts. I, I, I aspire to still be her, and I would never be close to getting to where she's at. And and, and I'm not saying I'm not a, a decently hard worker, but compared to her, not even in the same category. There's just certain people that um, they will outwork you. They may not be, my mom would never be considered a Phi Beta Kappa, but she sure as hell knew how to work. And uh, anyway, so the output of, or that uh, outgrowth of her departure uh, led to my stress situation. And I had to come to grips with that stress situation like everybody else does. You go through a period of uh, the, the Kubler-Ross five stages of grief. Uh, and so around 2015-2016 is when I started to get interested in, started getting interested in health uh, based upon a, an event where I had a bronchial, um, I couldn't breathe, I got my O2 stats were down below 90%, and uh, yeah, caused a big panic uh, situation, and I started thinking about how I needed to work on my health, so I started investigating that, and I found out that, you know, health was very, very decoupled uh, in terms of how to actually address it correctly, at least as far as I was concerned. There's many people that have many other situations, but about, oh, 35 to 70% of Americans are obese, or at least overweight, and a lot of that obesity and overweight has come back to haunt them, because guess what? COVID-19 affects obese overweight people substantially the comorbidities are, are um, driving a lot of the the problems that go along with it and of course nobody is uh, nobody has laid that out better than um, any of the healthcare professionals who have tried to um, treat or do early treatment in this so this should tell you where I think my uh, it, that's one of the platform what would be one of the platforms I would push is to to get away from socialized medicine and get to a private private model, uh, we used to have a large private private system. Everybody had work when you worked had good work jobs, and you could come up with private insurance and, and stuff like that. Uh, the government government involvement in the in the healthcare business has destroyed the healthcare model. It's been going on since the 1960s. Yes. The liberals or the leftists will always exploit the, the people that fall through the cracks. There's always people who do not get served in any system. That's just reality. You can't put everybody in and say, oh, well, those people didn't get what they want. And, you know, let's just say, let's just, just to put a number to it, say 98% of people are getting effectively served. And the 2%, you know, yeah, the 2% are going to be exploited to push for a 100% socialistic model that it won't serve anybody well. So it's bringing everybody else down because of the 2% that fell through the cracks. So the best thing is is to figure out how to improve the, the um, outcomes of those 2%. What is it that's causing the problems with them? Why aren't you evaluating what causes the problem? Is it is it their addictions? Is it their lack of motivation in maintaining a full-time employment? See, there's a host of factors there 
but that's never addressed because that would that would require that people would actually have to come up with some insights and in improving the root cause and doing a root cause analysis. And when you get down to root cause analysis, then you might have to look at what's causing or driving it at a, at a local level, what's causing it in the cities and states and whatnot. You'd have to actually investigate that. And of course, once you do that, then you realize it's leadership. It always boils down to leadership. I mean, how many of these cities are served well by their uh, by their uh, their representatives or their mayors? I mean, how many how many uh, like Baltimore, for example? I mean, <laughs> they had they had the same congressman running that uh, running that uh, district for twenty five years, and what he got all kinds of money for his district, and they didn't go to anything. Same way with Nancy Pelosi. Look at look at California. Look at the the district she serves. What kind of third-rate shitholes that turned into? She's moving. She's actually moving to Florida for fuck's sake. I mean, put it, put everything in context. If the person who runs the district doesn't even live in the district that they run, what does that tell you about them? It tells you that they don't even, they don't even want to look at the problem. They want to escape the problem. Maxine Waters, another one. See, look at Doctor Oz, who's supposedly running for Senate. I think Pennsylvania. He doesn't even live there. He lives somewhere else. He works another place. He doesn't even, he, he's just doing it as a hustle. I mean, uh, but of course he's got millions of dollars and he's got Oprah behind him and a bunch of other uh, globalist uh, shills that are go ahead and gladly. And of course the media itself, the media is like, they're like clapping seals. They love this shit. Uh, you can tell who's important by basically by how much the media supports them. Or how much the media hates them, and whether they or, or how much they exploit them for ratings and whatnot. So I won't get on the radar in any way, shape, or form about that. Now they're going to do an investigation on, and and that'll come out, and um, that'll probably come out in other podcasts if I decide to go down that road. I'm not going to use that today because, well, I'm going on almost three hours, and I've been talking a lot, and my voice is getting tired, and I find out that. Now I find out that it's hard to do three hours worth of uh, uh, insights on uh, any topic. So we're going to go to the cloud music. Um, I think that's an important, uh, important reason to do that. Um, I appreciate uh, anybody who's listened or will listen to this long podcast, uh, the review. Uh, actually, let me, hold on. Let me stop this for a second. I'm going to play... Uh, Happy New uh, Happy New Year from uh, Rudolph. Um, hopefully, it won't come through too loud. So I appreciate everybody's listening to my podcast. Uh, I was. Uh, I hope that everybody does have a wonderful, happy uh, New Year. Be uh, well out there. I hope everybody does well out there this year uh, coming up uh, learn how to build uh, self-reliance realize that there's going to be sacrifices but also try to find uh, ways to be happy in this uh, this new paradigm this song is from 1976 that was the 200th anniversary of the of our independence from uh, Great Britain or UK or however you want to put it, the British Empire at that time. 
we're definitely going to come back. We're going to have to come back to this, and we're going to have to fight on against the powers of tyranny. God bless the United States. God save the world. Have a good night.